What are the ones that are well, attacking? What are attacking people out in California, like uh, in the hills? Mountain, mountain lions. lions. Those are different. I totally. Think, different. I think a little bigger. Yeah, I don't think you. I think mountain lion. Maybe you don't have such Pumas. a good shot. Pumas. They got pumas out there. Isn't that what a mountain lion? Is a mountain lion and a cougar the same thing? No. No. I've been attacked by a cougar. What? At Hands out by the mall. <laughs> yeah, didn't see her coming. Cadillac Ranch, still got a scar. <laughs> she jumped off of uh, Rock Jungle. <laughs> Landed right on my neck. Right on my head. I tossed her around. But boy, did she leave some marks. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. It's four minutes after six at DVE. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. It's 75 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Police in Green Tree are searching for a man who allegedly burglarized a home right after he got off parole. Investigators say Cody Still was spotted on a home security camera trying to break into the house on Noblestown Road last Thursday. Officials say Still eventually stole several electronics and a gun from a home two houses down the street. Anyone with information is asked to call police. The world's millionaires are richer than ever. A new report out today shows the combined wealth of people whose net worth is at least a million dollars topped $70 trillion last year. This is the first time it's ever been that high. The global consulting firm Capgemini's latest annual World Wealth Report showed millionaires' wealth grew by more than 10.5% last year. More than 60% of the world's millionaires live in the U.S., Japan, Germany, and China. Apple wants to make it easier for first responders to find users who call 911. Thanks to a new partnership with startup Rapid SOS, iPhones will soon send their exact location to a company dispatcher who will then forward that location on to local authorities. Federal regulators say this new feature has the potential to save up to 10,000 lives and shave crucial minutes off response times. Apple says the Rapid SOS technology will come packaged with the upcoming iOS 12 update. It is the 40th anniversary of one of the most iconic video games of all time, Space Invaders. Released in Japan on this date in 1978, players controlled a laser cannon at the bottom of the screen while aliens descended from the top. (laughs) People in Japan and America could not get enough of the game, sinking quarter after quarter into machines in arcades. It's estimated to have made nearly half a billion dollars by 1982 and it was inducted into the World Video Game Hall of Fame in 2016. Steve Miller is announcing plans for a joint live album with his current tour partner, Peter Frampton. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame guitarist says every show on the current tour is being recorded, and the two are putting a record together now that will feature onstage jams between both uh, artists. No release date has been set yet, but Miller guesses the live album could be out probably in the next year. Meanwhile, the summer double bill tour runs through August 26th in Woodenville, Washington. That show stops here tomorrow at Key Bank Pavilion. I saw Steve Miller at uh, Jazz Fest this year. He That band's incredible. Yeah, you said it was awesome. Really good. And he is in uh, good health, good form. Voice sound, sounds great. Voice sounds great. Guitar playing sounds great. Uh, and then Peter Frampton is just a monster guitar player. They're also playing, I believe, this weekend on the beach in Erie. Mm. They're playing at Presque Isle. Is wow. it Erie? We love Erie days? Or? It's not. No? It's something else. But they've occasionally... Roar on like, the Shore? It might be Roar on the Shore, but I don't know if they're in conjunction with one another. Um, they have this show every couple of years on the beach. 
And uh, I saw Steely Dan there mm-hmm. maybe three years ago, which was That's incredible. Awesome. And then uh, they had Crosby, Stills, and Nash before that. Oh, nice. So uh, if you want cool to go watch, watch them on the beach, beach, like you're in Malibu yeah, or something. that'd be great. Uh, Foreigner will be joined by original members Lou Graham, Al Greenwood, Ian McDonald, and Dennis Elliott at select shows on their Jukebox Heroes tour with Whitesnake and Jason Bonham's Led Zeppelin Evening. Here's Mick Jones talking about the relationship between Lou Graham and the current singer, Kelly Hansen. It's amazing. He and Kelly uh, hit it off like a house on fire. It was really great. It's just great seeing them. It's been great uh, reminiscing with them, and um, everybody's in a good place, and uh, we have a lot of fun on stage, so it's kind of a treat for the fans. Here's uh, Mick also talking about what fans can expect from the show. We got a big production and giving the fans a lot more visual this year as well, and uh, I think people are going to be floored because it's very powerful. You know, it's going to be fun. I mean, I'm sure there'll be some pranks and some backstage stuff and onstage stuff. It's going to be great. That show plays KeyBank Pavilion next Wednesday, June 27th. And if you can't make uh, the show that night, you can check out PBS's Live at the Symphony concert special, which is now airing through July. So check local listings. That concert was captured in May of last year in Lucerne, Switzerland. Finally, Kim Kardashian is a one-woman innocence project. She is now lobbying for a prisoner on death row for murder. Now, the reality star sent out a tweet over the weekend asking the governor of California to retest the DNA of Kevin Cooper, who was convicted of killing four people in Chino Hills, California in 1985. He's believed to have been wrongfully convicted. Kardashian just convinced President Trump to commute the sentence of Alice Johnson, who was serving life prison on a nonviolent drug charge. Showers and thunderstorms possible today. Temperatures in the low 80s. It's 75 at DVE. Some live Steve Miller band to get you going, DVE. Steve Miller Band Live, DV Morning Show, and uh, you can see him tomorrow night, Key Bank Pavilion, mm-hmm. with Peter Frampton. So that's a pretty yep. good one-two punch there. Uh, on the show, coming up today, Dr. Daniel Gartenberg, he's the sleep specialist Val was talking about yesterday from Penn State. We need oh, no. eight and a half hours of sleep. Now we need An extra more. half hour. What? He says we need more. We're too bombarded during the day. So is he just calling to shame us? or Probably. Okay. Jason Mackey is going to give us a shout from the Post-Gazette. And uh, Billy Gardell, of course, joining us at uh, 9 o'clock, too. Uh, Jason Mackey will be talking about the fact that Barry Trotz stepped down Done. at Washington. He said, you know what? Thanks for the cup. You're welcome for the cup. I'm going to go cash in somewhere else. <laughs> Can't believe they wouldn't pay him there. I know. That's wild. He Holy had a clause in his track, in his, in his contract, right? It was they, like a three hundred thousand like dollar yeah uh, fee increase, but his base salary was already so low as compared to other coaches in the NHL. Which I was going to say, how much that that can't be anything to them. Three hundred k. Yeah. No, not compared not compared to what the top coaches are making now. Yeah. Uh, we'll ask Jason uh, more about off season uh, shenanigans with the Penguins as well. Mike is off today. He went to the flogging Molly and. Um, Dropkick, Dropkick Murphy show. <laughs> it's stage A. So it was best. It shouldn't surprise me that he would go to that and love it. It's just, that's his happy place. Yeah, it really is. You know, being on the outskirts of a bunch of like Irish punks holding a beer in the air and yelling stuff. <laughs> 
Uh, and it was just better for all involved if he didn't come into work today. Tim Benz will be <laughs> filling in with your sports this morning on DVE. An Ohio toe sucker is facing additional An Ohio charges. toe sucker. I have yep. a name. I, <laughs> I have a name. His I got name one. is Robert Paulson. <laughs> I threw one of those back in the mon last week. Uh, Joseph Jones of Toledo was initially accused of sucking on a Toledo. woman's toes. <laughs> uh, it happened at a mall against her will, but police say other victims have since come forward with claims that are similar. Several others say he took their shoes off and touched their feet without their consent. Jones has been banned from the mall and is facing a list of charges, including <laughs> sexual imposition and aggravated menacing. He appeared this week in Toledo <laughs> Municipal <laughs> Court. Is there another kind of menacing? <laughs> Look, I mean, yeah. this dude is the biggest creep, there's no question, but just to be empathetic to his situation for one second, like, you know you have a toe fetish, but the problem is is that all these strangers have the shoes on, and it's going to be a very, di- like, I mean... <laughs> Unless they're wearing sandals, you really have to be good. Oh yeah, at grappling and <laughs> he's the only one that cares about Groundhog Day. He's like, no, come no. on, not six oh. more weeks. Fuck oh. Tony. <laughs> Just hangs out in a Walmart where people are buying Crocs. Oh yeah, easy access. Yeah. Ohio toe sucker. <laughs> uh, we have special tonight. Uh, we have the Ohio Tulsa chef recommends it. Uh, honestly, though, what would you do mentally if that happened to you? Like, uh, if somebody uh, came and ran up thing, on you and took uh, your shoe off and licked your toe? If tackled my wife and took her shoe off and licked it, I, I would be dying laughing. <laughs> yeah. I would, uh, like, yeah. I'd be like, you deserve yeah. this, Jess. Yeah. You deserve yeah. this I, moment. I pulled my obliques laughing, honey. Yeah. We're all victims yeah. here. <laughs> You're acting like I'm not in pain. That dude just went crazy. He just sucked your toes like a kid with spaghetti. Spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Spaghetti. <laughs> in music news. He meets so- another toe sucker and they have a lady in the tramp <laughs> moment where they end up on the same toe. No way. No. What are the odds? DVE Sports. All right. Well, Mike Pursuta is out. Tim Benz filling in with your sports this morning on DVE. And what a bounce back for uh, Trevor Williams last night in the Bucks. Yeah, he was flogging Molly himself last night, yes. wasn't he? <laughs> flogging the Brewers, one nothing. Final score, PNC Park. Buckos win. Williams was brilliant for Pittsburgh, allowing just one hit over seven innings. Kyle Crick, Felipe Vasquez, they closed it out. Jordy Mercer had the lone RBI base hit for the Pirates. Here's Clint Hurdle on why Williams was so effective last night. Um, I thought he used his changeup very well. The right-handed hitters as well, the left-handed hitters. He just kept stepping on and off the gas. So it's what we've seen from him before. We've seen it before. Yeah, it's real good to start the year. Then, much like the Pirates themselves, got into a funk as mm-hmm. the starting rotation started to tail. That's when the Pirates themselves tailed. So if these guys start to bounce back, Jamison Tyon's pitching a little bit better. He pitches tonight. We'll see if they can resuscitate this season. Uh, Pirates played what Jordy Mercer called their best defensive game of the year highlighted by a dynamic play from Josh Harrison diving at second base made a fabulous throw while parallel to the ground off a deflected comebacker yeah uh, off the bat I knew I had it and uh when it tipped off his glove it just gave me a little detour but I said you know <laughs> change of plans but uh I still got it it's from AT&T Sportsnet you happen to see that one that oh yeah last night. It was something that, was, else. that was amazing uh, the only other play that rivaled that last night was the third baseman from the Phillies who threw out a guy from the coach's box. 
Oh, honor. really? It was an unbelievable play. It was in the third base's third base coach's box and still managed to get the guy out of first base. But Harrison really shined on that one as the Pirates are now 36-36. and 36. Brewers and Cubs tied atop the Central. Milwaukee plays the Pirates again tonight, as we mentioned, on the North Shore with Tyon pitching against Freddie Peralta. Uh, overall, one of the more weird nights you're going to see in Major League Baseball. Did you happen to catch the Juan Soto home run that was hit so hard it broke the space-time continuum? He got called up by the Washington Nationals on May the 20th. Okay. They were playing a game last night that was suspended from May the 15th against the Yankees. He had not yet been called up to the majors yet, but he was a pinch hitter in the suspended game yesterday. He homers. It gets the Nationals the win 5 nothing. so technically the first home run of his career was the sixth home run of his career. He homered before his called update. <laughs> That's crazy. So back to the future. Exactly. The Elias Sports Bureau digs into this, as do the Washington Nationals beat guys, and they find out not only did Barry Bonds do this as a Pittsburgh Pirate for his first RBI, but Dave Parker did it as well in nineteen seventy three too. They both did that. They got RBIs before their call updates because of suspended games. But isn't the game, doesn't it go down on the date played, not date scheduled? So their stats count for that game, but technically their debut is still the game where they originally played, not the suspended game. That's been the determination for these guys from the Elias Sports Bureau. Oh, that's, that's wild. That's, that's and if more you saw confusing the run, than it needs to be. If you saw the home run, it went in orbit like Superman, so it spun the world backwards. <laughs> yeah, you hit it that crushed hard. it. A um, couple other weird notes from yesterday. The Mets-Colorado game, Brandon Nimmo hit an inside-the-park homer on the fourth pitch of the game, a rare, very rare leadoff inside-the-park home run. And the Phillies-Cardinals game went extra innings with the Cardinals losing after they extended the game following their 27th out. Guy makes the 27th out, looks like they're going to lose 4-3, to three, but the ball gets by the catcher, so he gets to go to first base in the wild pitch. They record the 27th out via a strikeout, but the game keeps going. They rally. They force extra innings. They lose anyway. Phillies win on a dive from Marcelo Suna when he can't come up with a fly ball. Oh, wow. So it was a very weird night in Major League Baseball. Weird story coming out of Washington. I guess the Caps just can't have nice things. The confetti still isn't swept up yet from the Victory Day Parade. Barry Trotz is out as Caps coach. He has technically, they're going to call it, resigned because he got an extension that kicked in after he won the Stanley Cup Automatic. for two years. Right. He negotiated for this. Before his call update. Yeah, he goes back in time <laughs> to change his contract. So he gets another $300,000 a year, which would have bumped his salary to one point eight. I guess there were some other bonuses that were going to kick in, too, to get him above $2 million. That still wasn't enough for him, in his, in his opinion. He wanted to get a new contract. The Caps wouldn't give it to him. So they're letting him go wherever he wants. He's basically a coaching free agent at this point. Uh, apparently guys like Babcock and there's a couple other coaching salaries that are in excess of 5 to $6 million. He wants a package like that, so he's going to try to find a job elsewhere. Maybe Todd Reardon, the former Penguins assistant, gets bumped up to be the head coach of the Washington Capitals. Not sure why the uh, cap- Caps, is it, uh, who's the? Ted Leonsis. Ted Leonsis. I was going to say that. I don't know why that name sounded wrong to me, but um, why wouldn't he just make sure he didn't leave? He just won a cup with this guy controlling a bunch of superstars. The quotes that I saw yesterday made it sound like the front office, meaning the GM, the hockey people wanted to keep trots. Ownership just doesn't think it's worth it to pay a coach that much. 
So there was a. But he was diff- getting paid way less than yes. right. Other yeah. coaches of that status. That's right. There's like there's, there's three guys I think they're making in the area of five million dollars right now. I think he hockey. probably did a, a crappy job negotiating his contract in 2014 because this clause was something he thought would We're never. We're never going to beat the Penguins. Right. So right. what difference does He's it make? Like, exactly. Who cares? Three hundred grand? Yeah, yeah, sure, that's fine. Here, I got the numbers here. Uh, Chicago's Joel Quinville at six million. Mike Babcock six point two five. Claude Julien at five million in Montreal. And the quote that I saw from uh, one front office rep with the with the Capitals is they just don't think it's worth it to pay a coach that much money in hockey secure for five years because he wanted five years too. And the uh. other part of the quote was we're then going to have you here nine years. And how often do hockey coaches last nine years anywhere? And they just don't want to guarantee a coach that much in the back end, particularly after the team has finally won a cup. It, it, like does Ovechkin come back after partying all summer at? You know, 300 pounds of pure vodka. <laughs> right. You know? <laughs> right. One um, other Steelers note I want to pass along to you here. I saw this on the NFL Network. I don't know if Mike brought this up. Did you hear Rod Woodson talking about the status of the Steelers? So he was on the NFL Network, and he was asked about the Le'Veon Bell-Antonio Brown drama. And he said, don't look on offense and those guys. They'll be fine, drama aside. It's defense you got to worry about. Your defense is a concern. And I can't remember the last time that they had a playmaker on the defensive side. Shazier was going to be that guy, and he got unfortunately got hurt. But I, I'm just trying to figure out who's going to be. Last time that I seen a playmaker on that side, Troy Palomalu was suited up for Pittsburgh Steelers. They need to find somebody who's going to make a big play for this football team in critical situations when you have to have it for the defense. That's the, my concern for them is that can they find a guy? Did they, did they draft a guy this year? Is one of the new guys coming in going to be that guy? Who's going to be the leader to take charge of that defense to make them the players they need to be? If Shazier's out, I don't think you just find yourself a playmaker at this point. You just got TJ Watt has the potential to be a playmaker, not of Troy Polamalu status, but he's no. a guy who can make a difference. I think for sure, not not even like Shazier was capable of, but. Other names escape me on this defense. You have to be one of these guys they hey, drafted. It's not going to be Artie Burns all of a sudden. No. We hope he becomes and maintains sort of uh, status quo and gets a, you know becomes a better tackler because he seemed to regress in year two. Could it be Edmonds? Could it be Burnett? And I think that you know Rod was Rod played here in an era where the defensive backs didn't make plays and were encouraged to make plays, and he came on corner blitzes and right. you know here it's just hold on and hope you cover your guy. And that's part of the reason why Hayden worked out here, because he could do that. Hayden didn't make an impact because he made a lot of interceptions and game-changing plays. He just covered his guy, which was a rare departure (laughs) of what we were happy to see. Um, But yeah, I would say that Hayward, potentially Watt, and Shazier were the playmakers on this defense. Although I I do think this flip-flop of uh, T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree is a great idea. I think they should have done it last year. They said they talked about it, they thought about it. They probably should have done it. Why? Because I think there's a lot of sense to what they were saying about how Bud has that bad habit of rushing so far upfield. Go back and watch games. The quarterback saw him coming in his face, all those right-handed throwing quarterbacks. He takes the tackle so far upfield. He's got a great first step, but he's three steps beyond the quarterback before it matters. And the quarterback takes one step up, neutralizes his half of the pass rush. Now you've got another guy in Watt who's on the other side who's better at contain anyway, more controlled in his pass rush. And if Bud is coming from the blind side... He's got an extra step and a half if he does get too far beyond the quarterback and he beats the tackle just say, to make it up because the quarterback can't see him. I'm not sure how the sides would make him, although I feel like I would want to rush on the right side. Yeah, you always want to be on the blind side. It's easier because the quarterback more often... No, I meant just because I 
I would want to go left, <laughs> not right. But Watt played more on the left side, too, it sounds like, in college. He said he played both. But he also thinks if Bud is doing a good job of flushing the QB in that direction, he he's going to get. get a chance to bat down more balls, which he was proficient at at college. Well, and to it, and, uh, and Cam and Jay Wobble got to be solid. And, um, you know, that, that Jacksonville game still didn't have to happen. As bad as our defense was. Didn't have to be that bad. Didn't have to be that bad. Uh, sports. Tim Ben's filling in for Mike Pursuta. Thanks so much. Val, what do you got coming up? Uh, coming up at the top of the hour, we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, MTV Movie Awards that were held last night. All right. Um, we'll talk with uh, Billy Gardell in the 9 o'clock hour. He'll be hanging out with us for the uh, entirety of the 9 a.m. hour. And we have Jason Mackey from the Post-Gazette. Dr. Daniel Gartenberg, the sleep scientist that we were talking about yesterday, who is going to tell us how we're all in a lot of trouble. It is the DV Morning Show. Bill Crawford's back with us after uh, having yesterday off and two days removed from Father's Day, uh, but still uh, hoping you had a good one with your kids. Oh, it was great. It was great. And I, I think that I got some uh, some negative, positive reinforcement from my approach. You know how I was heckling my wife uh, about coming pretty weak for father's day yeah <laughs> well um she way overdid it this year she got uh-huh. me a pillow with cooling gels oh. she got me like this pad that you can put on the cooling pillow that you can stick in the fridge because i have a super hot head and <laughs> and that's been amazing she got me uh cycle cleats oh nice she got me a book I mean, I got. Did she get you a boy bike or? Uh, no, no, no. Still gonna ride that girl get a, bike. Didn't get a boy bike. <laughs> uh-uh. But uh, my kids made me some cards, and it was really funny because Kennedy, um, Kennedy wrote me, you know, Dad, you know, Happy Father's Day. Thank you for being so caring. I know you try hard to, you know, you really try hard to be a good dad. You lose it sometimes, but I know that you love us. <laughs> you lose it like, sometimes. Wow, she gets me. She pretty much nailed it on that one. That's funny. And uh, my my daughter Emma, you know, we had a, her birthday party over the weekend, and that was great. We had a party at the house, so I was like doing a lot of work outside and just dadding real hard. Yeah, good deal. You know, it was really awesome. There's a uh, uh, a new uh, study or survey, I guess, done. The most condescending things dads hate to hear. So you can judge the veracity of these claims, Bill. This is from Yorkshire Post. I don't know what the hell that is. Uh, One, people saying to your wife while you're out in public, you got him well trained. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that. No, never heard that. Because you don't. You're (laughs) not always like, what's wrong with him? You better train him. Get him back in the stable. You're doing it wrong. You should do it like this. I don't know. I thought that's something Dad said. Yeah, it sounds more like that. Uh, are you disappointed? Are you disappointed the baby wasn't a boy? <laughs> not, not now. Yeah, but who would? I know, but who would say that to you? Is the point? <laughs> Can't say something like that to somebody. Are you? No, that sounds like somebody's jagoff uncle. Right. You upset it wasn't a boy. Mm-hmm. See, if you're walking around with your kids. Does anybody ever say to you, are you babysitting today? As if you're not just being oh, a father. I hate. No. You don't babysit your own kids. I know, but people say that. That's so annoying when I hear that. Right. I got to babysit. They're your children. I know. Oh, so. My wife used to hate when I said that. And not because I'm their father, because it's an insult to our babysitters. 
I'm, They're I have a hard way time, better at it than me. I have a hard time believing people actually say this to fathers. Oh, it's nice to see a man watching his kids. Mm, yeah, nobody says that. I bet you can't wait until your wife comes back. People have said that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's at the end of a weekend that I have the kids. Now that you have a kid... And they're right. Now that you have a kid, get used to never having sex again. Who would say that? Another, like, just... Person who has a kid and has a Dead inside dad. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's what that is. These are dead inside dad quotes. This is like the the dead inside dad club. Oh, did your wife lay the kids' clothes out for you? Like when you dress your kids and you take them out? Yeah. No. Nobody says that. Mainly because I know how to dress my kids. Well, there you go. You're actually good at putting on diapers. As if it, you know, dads haven't been uh, thrust into that role decades ago. Just be like, dude, get out of this stall. What are you doing? <laughs> I know. We're at the mall, man. Where would somebody Stop looking say that over to my you? shoulder. The changing station. How creepy would that be? Oh, you're really good at that. Get the hell out of here! Right, you're just in the in the airport bathroom. <laughs> yeah, you're really good at that baby changing thing. How are you changing adults? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, number ten was, oh, you managed to make it here on time. I guess Im- implying that uh, you have your bleep together, even though you have the kids. Those are condescending things. I never heard anybody say anything like that before. No. These are all sound like things said by a jerk. Yes. <laughs> just one. Yeah, just one guy's a one jerk. One guy got to cover all. That guy just mainly has to stop coming around. But we all have those people. We all have that jerk in our lives. My mom's side of the family had one glaring jerk that would always say stuff like that. They're like the worst thing you could say, she would say it. Every sing- and everybody knew it and it got to the point where nobody had to be nice to her anymore. You know what I mean? How you would yeah. kind of like try to like make up for her unbelievable social faux pas, just but like bringing up the wrong thing, and you'd kind of try to gloss over it and move on. And it got to the point where it was like Matumbo. Everybody was just, well, bam, not in my house. Just <laughs> way back to her, like, oh, screw you. Shut up. Inappropriate. She yelled at me at my at my uncle's funeral. This is the same lady. She's like. I asked you uh, if you were going to uh, help me with the blah, 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 blah. And she's, she's like, you're being very rude by not getting back to me, you know. And I'm like, my uncle just died. <laughs> and then on my dad's side, one of his cousins, just the just a total a-hole. Just one of those guys. Oh, yeah. We we had we had a couple relatives like that that we had to, we, we would go visit. My dad absolutely hated the one guy. <laughs> And it was just like, oh, we got to deal with him again. He just says things that are just horrible on purpose. And there's no way to internalize it and try to make it funny. It just, once somebody annoys you like that, they just, in everything they say, starts to be like, oh, it just ruins the whole day. People, Tim and I get asked a lot, still, when are you going to have kids? Why aren't you having kids? Real, that's oh, yeah. super rude. That's yeah. inappropriate. Yeah. Yeah, I want to start really embarrassing people who, and just tell some awful story about why we're not having kids, to embarrass the person who asked the question. Um, just say I'm barren inside. <laughs> yeah, no. I have a great answer for you to give them, but I cannot say it on the air. <laughs> we don't do it like that. It's all- <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Tim can't get pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Tim and I get asked a lot, still, when are you going to have kids? Why aren't you having kids? Real, That's oh, yeah. super rude. That's yeah. inappropriate. Yeah. Yeah. I want to start really embarrassing people who, and just tell some awful story about why we're not having kids. To embarrass the person who asked the question. Um, just say, I'm barren inside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. I have a great answer for you to give them, but I cannot say it on the air. <laughs> we don't do it like that. It's on. <laughs> Tim can't get pregnant. <laughs> Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. It is amazing how people will say the most personal and inappropriate things to you without thinking about it at all. You could also do another thing that I kind of told I told you off air. You could just make it real uncomfortable for everybody, because after we had uh, Kennedy, people would say, "Oh, you had a kid. When, when are you getting married? When are you going to get married?" And I got asked it so many times. I was like, "I'm done with this." So they'd say, "Hey, when, when are you guys going to get married?" And I say, "Well, you know, we're just taking it one huge mistake at a time." <laughs> so awkward conversation pretty much ends. In my favor. <laughs> I don't teach you to ever ask me something like that again. It's just, uh, wh- why would somebody ask you that? Because uh, I don't know. It's just the natural progression, I guess. Do people... And now I, I, now I say to people, do you have any idea how old I am? The answer is no. <laughs> for sure. Well, they... number one, you do look like you're 27. I mean, yeah, that's kind of... You don't look 80. And, you know... I hide it well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't... I, you know, one of the, the pitfalls of looking much younger than you are is people will assume uh. you're much younger than you are. But it, even you if you... get your driver's license, Val? <laughs> that's just not something you ask people. Why oh, haven't people you... ask it all the time. Why haven't you had kids? Because I have a horrible medical condition. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. Thanks for bringing it up. For because he'll turn it's out to be just right? like you as a grown-up. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> because it's ecologically not the good thing to do. Yes, right? I'm helping the planet. Just, or it's just not like, responsible. Like look around after they ask you that, and then like go up next to them and like whisper. We don't know how. (laughs) (laughs) Help us. When does the stork put a baby in there? The stork doesn't know where we live. (laughs) Uh, Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. It's 75 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Xfinity from Comcast. A man attempting to jump a perimeter fence prompted the White House to to be put on temporary lockdown yesterday. The man was armed with a backpack but dropped it as he was attempting to climb the fence. According to the Secret Service, he got over a barrier on the south side of the White House after the suspect dropped that backpack. He was taken into custody. Apparently, there wasn't anything dangerous in it. At the time of the incident, the president was inside attending an event for the National Space Council. Court officials say a man who crashed a dump truck into the Pittsburgh FBI office's security gate two years ago has been sentenced. Officials say Thomas Ross was sentenced to time served, which was 23 months in custody for the incident. He was caught on surveillance video in July of 2016 saying he needed to see the FBI and he had a bomb he was willing to explode. Ross was facing up to 10 years in prison. 
Former Pennsylvania Governor and Philadelphia Mayor Ed Rendell has announced that he is battling Parkinson's disease. The 74-year-old Rendell said he is sharing his story in the hopes of motivating other people who may suspect they have the disease to see their doctor and get treatment. He said he started presenting symptoms of the disease, which included shaking about three and a half years ago, and he was encouraged by family and friends to see a doctor. The former governor and mayor said he started treatment immediately with physical therapy, including boxing and other workouts, and is taking medication. Boxing? Mm-hmm. 73-year-old dude. Dang. Boxing. Yep. Careful. Well, don't punch him in the hip. Best of luck to him, man. That's uh, that's a tough go mm-hmm. for sure. But yep. they are making a lot of progress, uh, no doubt about it. Yep. So, is that kind of late to be diagnosed? I, I don't know. Okay. Sounds late. New York's health department may soon recommend legalizing marijuana. As recently as last year, Democratic Governor Andrew Cuomo called weed a gateway drug. Well, now he says, well, the facts have changed. <laughs> I don't know if the facts have changed well, no, or his I've belief the facts. In, yeah, whatever he was reading or been told. New York Health Commissioner Howard Zucker says a study determined the pros outweigh the cons and that a regulated legal program should be available to adult New Yorkers. Zucker says the inquiry considered public safety and health concerns as well as economics and taxation benefits. Governor Cuomo's primary opponent, Cynthia Nixon, has indicated she supports legalizing marijuana as it pertains to criminal justice reform. When it comes to privacy, people are more open about their finances than their web surfing. According to a survey by Personal Capital, 60% of Americans polled said they would much rather share financial statements with their partners than their browser history. (laughs) These people watch a lot of porn. (laughs) (laughs) Broken down by gender, 65% of men said they'd rather share bank statements compared to 55% of women. Yeah, because porn's free now. So there's no porn on my bank statements. (laughs) Browsing, though? Tones. I saw on Facebook yesterday... Like some pony fetish where people dress up like ponies. Are you sure you're on Facebook? Are those bronies? No, this is That's like... That's my little pony fanatics. Yeah. No, this is people... They actually dress up. They put like S&M headgear on with like a pony face. <laughs> where where and, do you and, get pony faces? And they like make them gallop. <laughs> it's, I mean, either, there's just no end to the weirdness. Do they make them gallop people. in a circle like at the Butler County Fair? No, they do like uh, obstacle courses with them. Oh. And they have long manes and Whoa. Wh- they whip them. Pony Face is my favorite Carly Simon album. <laughs> people are so weird. Oh yeah, it's people are super real, weird. Real, real weird. And the internet has brought everybody together. Yeah. Before, you had to go door to door. It was a lot tougher. <laughs> Be watching Mr. Ed with somebody. Oh, my God. Isn't Mr. Ed hot? Hey, mm. I'm a neighbor. Does this do anything for you? <laughs> this one Nay, woman was putting like doesn't. a bit in the guy's mouth. Real? Yeah. Oh, man. Come that on. Mean, they're so weird. Combing their mane? I'll try to find the video. No. I, there's you know, no nudity, so I, I'll, I'll see if... Imagine them clopping <laughs> we around. Joe to clip, post clop, it. Clip, clop, clip, clop, clip, clop. You, you can use that as a reason for why, when people ask you it, why you guys haven't had kids going forward. <laughs> well, we only have pony sex. <laughs> and every weekend, Tim is rented out to some kid's party. Kids want to ride. <laughs> 
Uh, Northwestern University rescinding an honorary degree awarded to Bill Cosby. Trustees voted unanimously yesterday to invalidate his honorary <laughs> doctorate of humane letters awarded in 1997. Important that they illustrate that that was a unanimous vote because you never want to have one outlier going, oh, hold on a second. <laughs> Uh, this is the first time that Northwestern has removed an honorary degree in its history. Guy with the pony face comes in. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> Do we really need to judge people? Just some guy wearing a Cosby sweater in the back. <laughs> <laughs> New Jersey native Anthony Bourdain may soon be celebrated in his home state. A state legislator wants to create the Anthony Bourdain food trail in his honor. The trail would include the 10 eateries Bourdain featured in 2015 for his show Parts Unknown. The celebrity chef took his own life earlier this month. Man, I've been watching a lot of Parts Unknown. because CNN has just been running marathons every weekend. <laughs> Do you remember off-air um, Witherspoon was talking about Anthony Bourdain killing a pig? He's like, that Anthony Bourdain killed that pig. Yeah. I've watched that episode. It's it's crazy. Like, he's... He was such a good storyteller, and so and like a, he's always in these remote villages, and he, obviously it's all based around food and culture. But then there's just these these little vignettes where he's giving like these soliloquies about life and about you know just these these different approaches to health and happiness and God, I mean, it was incredible. But when he killed that pig, it was it was nuts. They carry it down to the river. He has to, like, stab this thing what, with a where, harpoon. Where is he? I don't know. I think, like, Seattle? No. Um, <laughs> I forget. It was some, I want to say Brazil. Okay. Some, like, tiny little village in the hills. And they bring this animal down to him, and it's squealing like crazy. Oh and I'm like, God. I can't believe they showed this. I, I don't. I, I wouldn't want to see that. No. I, I'm no. fine with eating pig. I just don't want to see everything that leads up to it. I don't right. even know how the sausage is made. Uh-uh. Or the pig is killed. And I am totally respectful of, of other cultures and uh, would be fine if there was some sort of ceremony that uh, God, preceded us it. having the feast. Sorry. I just don't need to be there for it. I would pay good money to see you kill a pig. Why? Oh my That's God. weird. That, that just made my stomach squiggly. Why? Yeah. Ugh, I don't want to see that. I had a friend. Uh, I, I would want to see you do it in pony face. <laughs> pony face. Stomp him to death. I would just bore the pig. <laughs> I would, With stories? I'd just talk to him until he was or like. Or bring a boar right. in. He's like, oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would dress up like a boar. <laughs> Uh, the cast of Black Panther celebrating their uh, their success at last night's MTV Movie and TV Awards. The film snagged four awards, including Best Movie, Best Hero, Best Villain, and Best Performance. In a movie, Chadwick Boseman gave his Best Hero Award to James Shaw Jr., the man who fought off the shooter at the Waffle House uh, back in, uh, in Tennessee. Receiving an award for playing a superhero is amazing. But it's even greater to acknowledge the heroes that we have in real life. So, I just want to acknowledge somebody that's here today, James Shaw Jr. Where are you stand? <laughs> you didn't even know we were about to do this, did you? Uh-uh. If you don't know James Shaw Jr., he fought off a gunman in Antioch, Tennessee, 
at a Waffle House. You save lives. Come on up here. So this is going to live at your house. Pretty cool. Uh, big yeah, winner for awesome. TV was Stranger Things. The Netflix series picked up Best Show, Best Performance in a Show, Best Musical Moment, and Most, most Frightened Performance. The cast of It, Best On-Screen Team, Best Fight, Gal Gadot and Wonder Woman, and Chris Pratt presented with the MTV Generation Award. Uh, real quick thanks to my mom and my dad and my brother Cully, my sister Angie. I love you. I love our family. We didn't have a pot to piss in growing up, but we laughed our butts off every day, and we still do. Uh, and a special mention to my son, Jack, who will watch this one day. Kid, I love you. I love you more than anything in the world. And to the fans, I wouldn't be here without you. I don't think his son's ever going to watch that. Eh. Come on in, son. We're going to watch the 2018 MTV Movie Yeah, but at that point, you'll, just be, you'll be able to be like, Alexa, hologram the 2018 things, and they just <laughs> boom. They, no, no, fast forward to the part no, where I'm to my on. dad's part. And Chris Pratt dating again. Uh, he was spotted on a picnic date with Katherine Schwarzenegger. That will be the 28-year-old daughter, daughter of Arnold. I've never even seen her. Is uh, she they ripped? Were, they were sp- they were spotted Sunday in Santa Barbara. I think she's more of the uh, like uh, Maria Shriver. Oh, she doesn't have a Teutonic accent. Uh, she might. I don't know. She could have a Me- she could have a Mexican Spanish accent. You know, <laughs> eh, Mexican. Who well, cares? Showers and thunderstorms possible today. Temperatures hey, Chris. in the low 80s. It's 75 at DVE. Southside Summer Open is back. The 12th annual Southside Summer Open. It's balls out on Carson with Bud Light all day long. It benefits class, once again, community living and support services. Now, your foursome will play an indoor mini golf tournament at various bars and businesses in the South Side on August 18th from 11 a.m. until 6 p.m. Now, it's 125 bucks per foursome. Again, we've been doing this for 12 years, and we have lots of repeat customers. I would say well over half are people who do it nearly every year. Mm-hmm. Definitely. <clears throat> it's brought to you by Bud Light and DVE. Now, all golfers receive a commemorative t-shirt. You can register at dve.com. You have to be 21, though. It's a bar crawl. Um, there's an after party uh, at Steel Cactus with Lava Game. And once again, all of these bars on the south side put up miniature golf holes in you and your foursome. Go from bar to bar playing miniature so golf. Bar 11, 12 Whiskey Barbecue, Trixie's Bar and Game Room, Carson City Saloon, The Flats on Carson, Pre-Game, Mario's, uh, Mario's. <laughs> is it Mario's or Mario's? Mar- Lemieux is Mario, like French. Mario. Mario's is like, hey, Mario! You know, hey, where's Luigi? Right. Local bar and kitchen, <laughs> Sky Bar, Casey's, Steel Cactus, Permanis, Tiki Lounge, Chipka's Cafe 2. That's Chipka Deuce. Also, and Archie's you'll understand double it white. if you didn't see the first one, you'll get this. <laughs> right. Double wide grill and excuses. They're all taking part in the DVE Southside Summer Open once again. It's going to be on August 18th, and you can sign up and register your foursome right now at DVE. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuit out today. Tim Benz filling in with a sports update for you right now on the DVE Morning Show. Tim. And it's brought to you by BobbyRayhall.com. We'll start with the Pirates who won a good old-fashioned one nothing baseball game against the Brewers over at PNC Park. Trevor Williams, he was great for the Buccos. Got the start and allowed just one hit over seven innings, striking out seven and walking just two. Kyle Crick 
Felipe Vasquez, they close it out. Jordy Mercer, the lone RBI base hit, and was happy with the overall victory. Just complete all-around effort. I think that was the the main thing that you know we were talking about on the on the bench that um, yeah this is the most complete game probably played all year. Trevor Williams justifiably pleased with that good team victory. It's tough. It's 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 a tough stretch for everybody, but you know, um, it's not going to be the last tough stretch we get. So you know, we have to constantly re- rely on each other, rely on the management, um, and get that belief in ourselves, like like we have. And you know, it was it was fun to see that tonight. So the Pirates are now thirty six and thirty six. Brewers and Cubs tied atop the Central. Milwaukee and the Bucks again tonight on the North Shore seven hundred five. Jamison Tyon against Freddie Peralta. Now let's see how dedicated the Pirates are to adding to that roster, as Neil Huntington talked about over the weekend. You There's, buying that one? No. The, the, the insult. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, that just keeps on insulting. Well, you know, if people come and, uh, you know, uh, show up here, we'll be able to turn that into a product on the field. You know, we can't invest what we don't have. Oh, my God. Have we not lived this nightmare already with Bob effing nutting? Go screw yourself. The ball's on them to say that again. Yeah. The ball's on this guy who has just robbed this city of its resources and constantly appeals to this the civic pride of the people here in Pittsburgh as if it's some sort of responsibility for them to back this guy who's been given an unbelievable gift. This blue blood who is, you know, holding a city's baseball love hostage. Well, you know... If you just come to the ballpark, I'll be able to get more players. We already did, and you dismantled the team. Right, in 2015 mm-hmm. into 16. And it's not necessarily even about the guys they let go. And I think we focus on that way too much because you can justify, you, if you work hard enough, letting Garrett Cole go because you weren't going to be able to afford right. him anyway. You can justify letting Kutch go because he was aging and wasn't going to be that good anyway. But what you can't justify is not keeping Jay Happ. Or right. if you do lose J-Hap, not going out and getting somebody that was second best to him. It's, it's how, fairly, many, uh, how many free agents did the Pirates sign? Right. Not None. improving when they were good. That's what you can't justify. And we spend so much time analyzing what was worth about letting a guy go or what you got in return. I think we lose sight of the bigger pictures. You never improved on a product that finally got good in what was going to be always a limited window to begin with anyway. He has taken advantage of this city time and time again. And what you just said, that the, the analogy that I wrote about today in the trip about the whole topic of what Huntington said over the weekend, which was, you know, if the fans come more often, we'll have more resources. Ugh. It's like if you have a nuisance bar in your neighborhood and the bar owner shuts it down. And then opens it up again, and you walk in, and the floors are still sticky, and the popcorn machine doesn't work, and the weird guy is still in the corner of the bar playing the poker machine, and the owner says, it'll get better, though, this time if you bring the beer. Yeah. Right? You know, are you kidding me? That's how this works? Just hey, there's a ton of hardworking people whose disposable income is not what it used to be. And when they spend it on this team, as they have in the past few years, with the promise of there being a return, and then it is yanked away and they're told that they didn't do a good enough job, that guy can go screw. I also think that if he's serious about adding to the team, he should do it now, which of course is proof that he is not because this is the time you you want me to buy in then yeah. pull a Rutherford and do it early you want me to buy in then you buy in early too and, and I then always, I'll buy in when it's I always not def- peak pricing yeah perhaps there as well right I always defend uh, Huntington because I think he has done a good job with limited resources but he he pulls this crap too if he's the mouthpiece for it right. he's complicit yeah, that's like, a good point like if you are advancing it and you're 
helping with the propaganda aspect yeah. of it. You, you don't have to volunteer those quotes in that manner, or else, like you said, we can stop being complicit and saying, well, he's just doing his job. He's just a foot soldier in all of this. Maybe I, if we could set up like an escrow account or a GoFundMe or something where we would know that a third party was in control of those resources and not the club. Like, okay, you can draw from this account. Now go buy somebody. We see the money racking up. Sort of like when Papap dies and he wills some money to dad until you're 18 and collect on your own, right? I want to be able to see the money that you're talking about. I couldn't believe they said that this weekend. Yeah, I uh, mean, it's as if, you know, reality is whatever you say it is anymore. Yeah, and if you disagree with the notion of what they're putting out there, then you're responsible for the quote-unquote fake news, and that's what drives me crazy. Bob Nutting saying people need to come to the ballpark for him to spend money? Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, maybe that's what's going on in Washington and why Barry Trotz is out as Caps coach. He's not getting enough money, at least in his estimation. There are three coaches in the NHL making in excess of $5 million, and none of them won the Stanley Cup, and he did. Uh, he just got himself a raise up to about $2 million. A clause kicked in in his deal, but in his estimation, that's not enough. So he is now leaving the Caps. He's resigning. The Caps are letting him go. It looks like Todd Reardon, the former Pens assistant, might take over with Washington. It's believed that Trotz may go to the Islanders, and that might be a hook for them to try to keep John Tavares. Now, that's a lot of dominoes that have to fall there in succession, mm-hmm. but that's... That's the talking point. As far as the Steelers go, they've got some time off now. We were just talking about this during the commercial break, so I thought I'd bring it up here. Keith Butler talking about the free safety situation with the Steelers and something to monitor if any veteran free agents should, should shake loose, perhaps. Do you have a safety who's uh, best adept at being sort of the free safety deep guy in coverage yet? We haven't found that yet. We'll wait and see until we get in camp and, and see if we, we have our own uh, thoughts you might say, but we, we don't. I don't think you make a decision until you see everybody in pads. See, I have a thought, and my thought is, if you see everybody in pads, they might look even slower, and that's where I get concerned. <laughs> that's my thought. Um, but they've got options. I think one of them that's not being discussed enough is perhaps Cam Sutton moving over from corner. I don't think they're ruling that out yet. I do. I think they want to see Sean Davis not do the job. I don't think they want to give up on him yet. And they're giving him this opportunity to seize this more clearly defined role in this defense before they give it to the rookie in Terrell Edmonds or try to give it to Sean or excuse me Cam Sutton to make a position change. But they want to see him fail at that job first. They want to right. give him a chance to get that gig. And uh, lastly, speaking of that exact topic, we'll show us what you got. According to Dan Laby of the uh, Cleveland Plain Dealer, Here's his quote. This is where I tell you that based on six practices of OTAs and minicamps that were open in the media, Baker Mayfield did not look ready to compete with Tyrod Taylor for the number one quarterback oh, job. Man. Beautiful. So that's encouraging to hear because if he's not good enough to compete with Tyrod Taylor, he just might not be good enough. At all. Despite what Ty Haley said about that being the best quarterback room he's ever worked How about with. that shot? I don't know if you guys got into that with Mike yesterday at all no, or not. but I wasn't here. I, I wrote about that for the Trib a little bit, and I, I get what he's going for there. <clears throat> Excuse me, he might be saying that one through three, it's the best right. room I, he's worked And with. I think that's what he was trying I, I to say. I don't want to get into Josh Dobbs versus Drew Stanton here, but you coach Kurt Warner and Ben Roethlisberger. Right. You're yeah. telling me that's the best room you had? Come yeah. on, Todd. I know. Let's dial it back a little bit here. Hall of Famers. Yeah, exactly. It exactly. What I meant was I can drink and nobody shames me about it. <laughs> <laughs> what he means is it's coachable. Like, these guys will listen to me. Well, that's that, what he means. That 
might be a big part of it as well. No, yeah. that's for sure. That's sports. I'm more important than these guys. <laughs> for now. These yeah, guys actually want to have lunch with me. These guys don't have more sway with the organization than I do right now. It's I can great. make these guys pick me up outside of the flats when I stumble outside. <laughs> Val had a story yesterday uh, from Dr. Daniel Gartenberger at Penn State, a new sleep study he did that said, you know all those studies that say you're not getting enough sleep? I know I'm not. But well, yeah. guess what? You're getting even less than that. We need more sleep than we've already been told, according to the newest sleep study. Uh, so we are. Uh, this is just pissing us off now. So we we called him, and he's going to come on the show. Because really, uh, give I it, assume he'll be well rested. I was comfortable with the amount uh, of sleep that I was missing. I was shooting for seven. Oh God! If I and got that's, seven, that's more wow. than I ever get. Yeah. Six is where I try to land with my nap. <laughs> Get a half hour nap, even out at six. Now he's saying, nap, you need eight and a half minimum. The new trip schedule that I've been going on is like a split shift. I go about three and two and a half. Like I'm going about three or four at night and maybe two and a half to sometime, like you said, if you get a nap in the middle of the day. Larry Richard and I did an event last night, and I was talking with Larry, who's the great, I love Larry. He's the greatest guy, and he's just he's just hilarious. And we immediately, the first thing we start talking about is, oh, God, I, I, mean, I just want to get some sleep. And, Bill, we go to that the thing that we always say, if we could just start an hour and a half later or an yeah. hour later, how much different would your life be? Well, remember the one morning we did? We started at like seven o'clock. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. And after work, I was like, I don't feel weird. Do you feel weird? <laughs> you're great. Right, no. Good, I'm like, dude. why do you aren't feel we weird? Doing this? Not needing We're the nap. Complimenting everybody in the hallways. <laughs> hey, how you Hi, doing? Tina. Hey. You look great today. Our Bill, Wednesday's you wonderful. Out? Doesn't feel like I'm at the end of a bender. This is weird. <laughs> uh, so we'll talk with Dr. Daniel Gartenberg, eight fifteen. Uh, our buddy Jason Mackey, eight forty five, weighs in on the trot situation, and uh, you know the fill the thrill talk is not going away. No, it's not entirely dead. I think McKenzie kicked that back up with the Kings again. That that seems to be the hot target above and beyond, especially now that Phoenix already traded Max Domi. Mm-hmm. Above and beyond Phoenix, above and beyond Vegas. Uh, there's a couple other rumored candidates out there. All, all the ones that I thought made sense were in the West. Uh, Billy Gardell in the 9 o'clock hour also uh, going to be hanging out with us here. Don't forget, DV Comedy Festival Day 2. A couple of tickets left for the Doug Benson, Doug Loves Movies podcast, which starts at 420 because that's when Doug likes to start things. <laughs> and then Burt Kreischer's <laughs> Burtcast live from the Rex Theater at 9 p.m. He's going to stay all weekend. He's headlining, of course, the Biome Theater on Friday night, along with Bill Crawford, Sarah Tiana, Rory Scovel, Brad Williams. And uh, you can see him do his Burtcast live from the Rex Theater. Get your tickets now at DVE.com. It is the DVE morning show. Randy Bauman along with Bill Crawford. Val Porter pursues off today. Tim Benz filling in with sports. Joe Rikiki producing the program. Uh, there was an article on uprocks.com a week ago that really got people arguing online uh, by a guy named Stephen Hyden who argued against taking kids to concerts. And whether or not you should take kids to concerts. He talked about going to see the National, perform their uh, their uh, seminal album, Boxer, front to back. He was all excited. He weaseled into the VIP area, and he saw a guy who had his daughter on his shoulders, and he had to fix some headphones as ear protection. Uh, and he said he thought to himself, oh, that's so sweet. It's so heartwarming to see this, though I can't help noting there's an even better way to protect your child's hearing 
Leave her at home. <laughs> also, it's almost 9 p.m. Why isn't she in bed? Did you notice those bros smoking weed over there? My God, how irresponsible are you for exposing an innocent child to this? P.S. I hate you. Love, Steve. Now, he's, you know, just doing that for effect there. He says, as a concert goer, my biggest pet peeve is when some cool dad or mom brings a small child to a show because kids don't belong there. A kid at a rock show makes me feel self-conscious about the things I like to do at rock shows. Drink, swear, scream my head off, dance awkwardly. But as a parent, I really loathe this practice. When it comes to practically anything else... I don't judge other parents. If I see a parent lose their cool screaming at a kid in the grocery store, I feel an immediate surge of empathy. I can only imagine the steady stream of misbehavior precluding that, I'll wonder, because I've been there. Every parent has. But taking a kid, let's say around eight or under, to a concert is such an epically and obviously misguided decision, I simply can't abide it. See, that was my question. What age are we talking here? I think he tried to qualify it there, eight and under. My biggest issue with it is that they never seem to protect the kid's hearing. The, he said this guy had ear-protecting headphones on. That, I feel like, is a rarity. And Definitely. so many times I see young kids, who you know, parents think, oh, let's go like down to festivals. The, let's go to the Arts Fest. Yeah. Uh, let's go out to Hartwood or let's go here. That music is really, really loud for those young ears. And you have to protect them. So that's my number one concern is that parents make sure that they cover their ears the second thing i don't care if a kid sees me drinking a beer screaming my head off and dancer dancing awkwardly and if you can't you know stop from smoking a joint for a second while a kid is near you like you know take a little bit of caution so as not to expose like you know I, it's not is it that big of a deal also i would like uh to qualify that outdoor shows uh, big arenas, I think, are fine. You're taking a kid to a club, probably not the smartest thing, you know. And I don't know if you can even get a kid in there, but I look at it as I look at taking my at the time elderly father to events. Like, do I want him exposed to the idiocy the of, right. of humanity? I quit taking him to Steelers games uh, because of the way people act. Well, that that's a different matter entirely. And I know that people will take their kids to Steeler games proudly, and the behavior that goes on there, a lot of times, a lot worse than what you'll see at most concerts. See, I think, I mean, if a kid is eight years old, uh, you know, they, they could be into the band. You know, they, right. they, they, could, they could be but... a big fan of the band. My problem is always, like, the line of demarcation for me is infant. Like, <laughs> yeah. I've seen people take infants to Steeler games. Oh what are God. you doing? Couldn't get a babysitter? Then you can't go. It's almost as if they want to have pictures of the kid at the concert, <laughs> the game, or whatever, cool this so is. that later in life it can be like, hey, look, I took you to this thing. It's probably yeah, it's, not almost like that. Look, it's, here you are at Guar. It's probably totally like that. Well, a, a good friend of mine has taken <laughs> his kids to Jazz Fest in New Orleans every year. He has two boys, and they've gone since they were babies with ear protection. And I'm. I'm just amazed that he's had them out there as much as he has. And these kids have grown up there, and now it's kind of part of their life. They're six and seven years old. But those early years, are they were really tough on the parents. And I'm not so sure the kids liked it or it was good for them when you're that young. But when you get to be eight years old, maybe you know the band, um, mm -hmm. and you want your kid to experience concert culture, and you want music to be a part of their lives. I would never, like crap on that sentiment 
festivals and things like that outdoor where it's more of a family nature, a little bit easier like to get Hardwood, by? Hardwood, South Park. I yes. mean, you know, kids are running around on the hill right. at all times. And sometimes, I mean, for us, like we went to see the Common Heart the one time at South Park. Mm-hmm. And it was awesome. We were up on the hill. We were way far away. Sure. And then the kids decided that they wanted to run down to the stage. Now, we didn't have any earplugs or, or any kind of you know, protection for them. And we were just like, okay, then go ahead. Yeah, but and, your kids are also, you know, they're not six. They're not infants. Like True, but I mean, my daughter was six. Oh, you're a bad parent. Yeah. <laughs> Kennedy was smoking a joint. I was like, I know that was do that much. Yeah. How did you learn how to roll them already? YouTube. Where'd you get this? <laughs> Who's selling this? It's cool. But I, I guess uh, I'm of mixed minds. I think there are some concerts that it's okay to have kids, and other ones where you probably shouldn't have kids. I'm with you. Indoor, like a club show? No. Most clubs, and when we say clubs, I'm like Mr. Smalls, the Rex Theater, smaller venues like that. And a hard rock show. They're not going to allow kids in a lot of times there's a if accompanied by a parent policy but i don't know or maybe some of these venues no no that i just immediately was like this is gonna be no that'd be a terrible idea i was gonna say have like a you know giant eagle has like that daycare center yeah, the eagles nest like where you can go into a concert check your kids in and then uh pick them up on the way out <laughs> yeah that'd be a great idea Hey, uh, usually I run sound, but I'm on baby duty tonight. <laughs> Who needs burped? Somebody with a ZZ Top beard. My name's Woof. I'm going to be your babysitter. <laughs> She's been playing with my my little uh, metal bowl. She loves it. But I, I had a buddy take his kids to a fish show in Darien Lake when they were young, like six, seven years old, and they sat at the back of the lawn as far away as possible to like protect their hearing. And uh, they had the greatest time ever. They loved it, and you know they didn't become like huge like fish heads and freak out or anything. But at the time, they they really liked that stuff. They're big music fans. I have friends who were down at Three Rivers Arts Festival almost every night with their kids. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, if you have a safe distance, it's... Right. Yeah. I would never discourage that. Gotta have a safe distance. But if you're watching your favorite band, and you're there to have a great time, and somebody having a kid distracts you enough that you're not having a good time, you're probably doing it wrong. You're really uptight about the wrong stuff. You gotta get better seats. (laughs) Get your kid out of here, man. The kid just starts critiquing the concert. I like their early stuff better anyways. (laughs) What do you have, Val? We're going to talk about what states have the most psychopaths and where we rank. Uh, Also, Dr. Daniel Gartenberg from Penn State, the new sleep study, tells us we are all doomed. And Jason Mackey, 845. Billy Gardell will join us for the 9 o'clock hour. Tim Benz in that hour. We'll talk with Billy. A recent poll from SteelersWire.com. The best Steelers post-70s. That'll be at 930. Here's his quote. This is where I tell you that based on six practices of OTAs and minicamps that were open in the media... Baker Mayfield did not look ready to compete with Tyrod Taylor for the number one quarterback oh, job. Man. Beautiful. So that's encouraging to hear because if he's not good enough to compete with Tyrod Taylor, he just might not be good enough. At all. Despite what Ty Haley said about that being the best quarterback room he's ever worked How about with, that shot? I don't know if you guys got into that with Mike yesterday at all no. or not, but 
one through three. It's the best right. movies. I, and, and I think that's what he was trying I, I to say. I don't want to get into Josh Dobbs versus Drew Stanton here, but you coach Kurt Warner and Ben Roethlisberger. Right. You're telling me that's the best room you had? Come yeah. on, Todd. I know. Let's dial it back a little bit here. Hall of Famers. Yeah, exactly. exactly. What got... I meant was I can drink and nobody shames me about it. <laughs> Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Val Porter's got your news right now on the DVE Morning Show. What's going on there, Val? Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. It's 76 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. A Pittsburgh rapper known locally as Jimmy Wopo is dead after a drive-by shooting in the Hill District. It happened near Wiley Avenue and Duff Street yesterday afternoon. His real name is Trayvon Smart. Second man shot is listed in stable condition. Reports say the rapper was on the verge of breaking nationally and was getting ready to sign a deal with Wiz Khalifa's label and uh, to go out on tour this summer. So... Uh, it's terrible. Sad news, yep. President Trump ordering the Pentagon to start making plans for a space force, which would uh, be a branch of the U.S. military. Our destiny beyond the Earth is not only a matter of national identity, but a matter of national security. Um, I'm going to have a space summit. It's going to be the best summit that anybody's ever had. Obama never did this. This is a big deal. I'm going to sit down, talk to Darth Vader, get him to totally de-weaponize the Death Star. <laughs> it's happening. This is huge. Uh, Trump. Uh, he could win me over if he, if he fills this Space Force full of Chewbacca's. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I might go on the MAGA train. I don't know. This might uh, not be politically correct, but we have to be friends with Darth Vader, okay? The president hosted a meeting of the National <laughs> Space Council at the White House yesterday. We are going to have the Space Force. <laughs> it is going to be something so important. <laughs> You'll see. It's going to be huge. Everyone's going to love it. Space Force. I came up with the name. Oh, whatever they're going to wear, like Star Trek type uniforms they're all gonna wear maga hats <laughs> technically they won't be able to breathe in space that's not a problem so he get, said the phrase so. separate but equal they're gonna be like the air force separate but equal oh that's we good. will have an apartheid in our military not a big deal I don't know if they'll recruit or draft people for this um but <laughs> it's common Apparently. No, I'm not. signing up. <laughs> I, I don't know. We, we we might be too old, Bill. Might have to be you a, think? a youngster. I'm still in pretty good shape. You are in good shape, but what is the age? You're not age? in what Space is, Force shape. What is the no? age limit to join the military? Is there an age limit? I don't know the answer to that. I don't know, because you, you, know, you could enter as an officer. And a gentleman. That's right. If you go to college, I know you enter as a, yeah. a higher rank. With temperatures soaring around the nation, I shouldn't have to say this, but experts are warning pet owners to take extra caution. Veterinarians say it is important to limit the amount of time dogs are outside on hot pavement and concrete while walking. In addition, they say putting rubbing alcohol on a paw, uh, the paw's foot pads can help cool it down. Which really? I'd, I'd, I would, I'd be afraid of them licking it off. I'd be afraid of that burning their pads. Yeah. Why not? I... I know that you can use that to cool down like a fever. Oh, so. I've never heard that. By the way, maximum age to join the military is 35. Ah, you just missed it, Bill. Damn it. 
Uh, just like humans, dogs and cats need plenty of water and shade as the mercury rises. That's and just with- for the Army. Ticks and fleas more common during the warm months. Owners also need to be on the lookout for that as well. I don't have any more information about it, but I just felt I should interrupt for rhythm's sake. Space Force is any age. (laughs) (laughs) Marines is 34. Really? Yeah. Yeah, you got to be, you got to be in some damn good Navy is 28. Oh. What about Coast Corrective? I don't know the answer to that. Forty-seven. Bill. Wait, did you say you didn't say Air Force? Did you? I didn't say that at all. I, I the information is being given to me, and I am Peace giving field? it to you okay. as it is being relayed to me. All right, but I'm sure that I'll have it and interrupt your next story <laughs> with pertinent information. Uh, where do you think the most psychopaths live? What state? California. You agree? Florida. <laughs> That's a better guess. Uh, Southern Methodist University looked at the lower 48 and D.C. to find out which areas have the highest percentage of people with psychopathic tendencies. D.C. won in a landslide. As far as states go, Connecticut, number one. Really? California's number two, New Jersey, New York, Wyoming, Maine, Wisconsin, Nevada, Illinois, and Virginia. The states with the lowest percentage are West Virginia, Vermont, Tennessee, North Carolina, New Mexico, Oklahoma, Montana, Mississippi, Indiana, and Oregon. Pennsylvania is 28th on the list. Study focused on the big five personality traits as a measurement of ranking. Uh, They measured an individual's neuroticism, agreeableness, extroversion, conscientiousness, and openness to experience. Yeah, you got to be crazy to live in Wyoming. The hell's going on in that state? I would love Dude, to it's live awesome. there. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Go live there then, Beautiful. you psychopath. I would love to. <laughs> it is really cold there, though. It's colder than it is here in the winter. So it's hard to uh, be able to afford to live there. Yeah, I mean that's, that's no thanks. The hard thing about it. I'm all set. Is, see, when you say Connecticut, it just makes me think that there's a whole bunch of American psychos hanging out who like, commute uh, to New York City. What was his name in that movie? Oh. Christian Bale Bateman Patrick Bateman American Psycho One of the creepiest scenes ever As he plays Huey Lewis Hip to be square And Gives the album a review oh. <laughs> The early work was a little too new wave for my taste But when sports came out in 83 I think they really came into their own commercially and artistically The old album has a clear crisp sound and a new sheen of consummate professionalism that really gives the songs a big boost. As he's buttoning his raincoat. He's been compared to Elvis Costello, but I think Huey has a far more bitter, cynical sense of humor. Oh, my Grabs God. Grabs the axe. And then just chops up. Hey, Jennifer! Yeah, what's that guy's name? 30 Seconds to Mars guy? Jared uh, Leto? Yeah. In that, what is his name, though, in that in that movie? Allen? Uh, Paul Allen? Paul Allen! He had the card with the bone. It's the color of bone. Bone white. Remember, he loses his mind. Honestly, I, I guess the book was even better, but I, I thought that movie was one of the creepiest I've oh, ever seen. Yeah. It's really well done. So good. We are getting dumber. Next story. <laughs> Researchers in Norway studied IQ results from men born between 1962 and 1991. They found every generation was dumber than the one before by about seven IQ points. Why is that? Well, researchers accounted for all possible factors, and they found three things that stood out. 
The quality of education is getting worse. Nutrition is getting worse. And every generation has more and more exposure to media. Uh, But there is one optimistic part of the study. People can improve their IQ, especially when they're teenagers. So if you have teenagers, just make sure they eat well, get a good education and keep them away from the Internet and television, I guess. The Internet is making me stupid. We don't have to remember anything for one. Right. I can We've still completely re- externalized memory. I remember my friends' phone numbers from high school. I remember grade school phone numbers. I remember the number of the bar my dad hung out at. I could <laughs> recite all of that to you right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know anybody's phone number. Not now. Not I, don't know. I couldn't tell I know you. Serena's, and that's it. I know I- my husband and the number here. Yep, me too. I have, <laughs> I know the hotline here, and I the hotline always, here is four one two. Stop, no, Bill. It's <laughs> the reason it's a hotline. Oh. Air Force raised the uh, age limit from twenty seven to thirty nine. Thirty nine, Bill. You're still you're still in. I'm joining the you Air still Force. Got time. You could, yeah, you, you could get in the Air Force. Space Force is even better because up there you have to eat different food. There's no fake news. Uh, finally, the problems. But can- he just loves Tang. I mean, he is Tang colored. <laughs> He's a tang-colored president. He's Cody Tang. He is. Problems continue to mount for Heather Locklear. She's been hospitalized for a psychological evaluation after reportedly threatening to shoot herself. A worried family member called 911 yesterday, or Sunday rather, saying that Heather was acting erratically and searching for a gun. She was taken to a nearby hospital for medical reasons. No legal issues here. Uh, Back in February, Heather was arrested for felony domestic violence against her boyfriend and threatened to shoot police officers if they ever came back to her home. We uh, interviewed Richie Sambora last week. Mm -hmm. They were married at one point. Yes. Have a daughter. So many people asked me about that Richie Sambora interview. They're like, hey, man, what's up with Richie Sambora? I'm like, I don't, he's Richie. Yeah. Like, he's kind of, he's a crazy guy. He's well, not, he's had a long time battle with substances, and yeah, was well, he on the sauce still? You think? I have no idea. I would never make that uh, assumption. But he, he, I mean, he he just sounded a little like kooky rock star when we talked to him. I thought he was fine. Yeah, but it, apparently, it a, a lot of interview. people's read on that interview was different than I thought it was. Well, he did repeat himself. Yeah, I do that every day. <laughs> I've done that. Yeah, that's all my dad does. Yeah, my dad's as cool as Richie Sambora. <laughs> How old's your dad? How Much older Richie? than Richie Sambora. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, Richie's yeah, not. Their poor daughter. Oh, it's just terrible. Oh, dear this, Lord. What she's been through. She's well, 20. There's a lot of bad rock star parenting going on. I don't know that he was a bad dad, but th- just tumultuous. Both parents going through substance abuse. That's brutal. In a public eye. Yeah. You know, having to go through all of it with the scrutiny of. Yep tabloid culture and everything must be brutal forecast today showers and thunderstorms are possible temperatures in the low 80s it is 76 at dve we do have the uh the dve Southside summer open back for its 12th year the 12th annual Southside summer open balls out on carson our friends from bud light helping us set it up if you uh, haven't done this before it's 18 bars of miniature golf it's a bar crawl in which every bar puts a miniature golf hole in their establishment. You and your foursome go from bar to bar, drinking Bud Lights, 
And uh, all for a great cause. It benefits class, community living, and support services. 125 bucks a foursome. And the bars are Bar 11, 12 Whiskey Barbecue, Trixie's Bar and Game Room, Carson City Saloon, The Flats on Carson, Pregame, Mario's, Local Bar and Kitchen, Sky Bar, Casey's, Steel Cactus, Permanis, Tiki Lounge, Chupka's Cafe, Two, Archie's, Double Wide Grill, and Excuses. So you get to... Uh, Go around with your foursome on an all-day bar Highly crawl. Highly recommend this. It's so much fun. Sign up. Uh, this always sells out pretty quickly. We just opened it up yesterday to registration, so get on it now. Brought to you by our friends at Bud Light and DVE. Go to dve.com and get set up for that. Get your foursome in, and you get T-shirts, too. So Hey, get a nice T-shirt out of the deal. Joining us right now, we were uh, talking about the sleep study performed by uh, Penn State professor da- Dr. Daniel Gartenberg, who joins us right now. Dr. Gartenberg, how are you? Good morning. Good. Good morning. How you feeling this morning? Crappy, man. Tired. I didn't sleep as much Not as you well did, rested. probably. How much did you sleep last night? So, I had a long day. I actually went to bed super early. Um, I went to bed at actually like 9.30. So, I got a, I was I was in bed literally for like 10 hours. So. Oh, come on. Well, that's such a dream. You're rubbing it in, man. Well, you guys run an early show. you got to change your profession here. Yeah, well, a, a lot of the listeners agree with you. So here's the thing that I'm wondering. Eight and a half hours is now the new benchmark for sleep? Since when? Well, you know, you know, a lot of times the media likes to do these headlines and whatnot. Um, I, you know, what we're, what we're trying to articulate here is there is no magic number, really. Um, you know, a lot of times in human behavior people fall under a distribution. Um, so there's not a single number that's, um, you can say like you actually, everyone needs eight and a half, but there's a couple things that we know which suggests that most people probably need to be spending significantly more time in bed. Um, and eight and a half is probably closer to how much time most people, a lot of people need to spend in bed. Um, so basically the, American Academy of Sleep Science has put a lower minimum for most adults at seven hours. Um, so that's just what you would need in the minimum, but ideally most people would be getting more than that. And then when we look sort of based on, you know, our past, like epidemiolog- epidemiologically, um, we used to actually sleep eight hours a night. Um, in the 1940s, and we've gradually over time with all this technology and the TV, and now obviously with the phones, it's kind of taken on another level. Um, we're only spending seven hours of time, um, or seven hours of sleep. We're usually only getting seven hours of sleep a night. Yeah. Um, uh, and then, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I think most people are lucky to get seven hours of sleep. Uh, one of the things that yeah. is becoming more and more apparent is how the use of uh, cell phones, computer screens are messing with our brains before we go to bed, and is it delaying the release of melatonin or something like that? What is the the time period that you should put between when you put your phone down and when you go to sleep? Yeah, that, that's exactly right. The system that you're talking about there is uh, your circadian rhythm, and the sunlight is actually kind of like one of these natural drugs that controls melatonin. Um, so, you know, two hours, you know, you should ideally get rid of the sunlight. One one of the professors, or get rid of the screen time. One of the professors I work with at, out here actually has done these studies um, 
with particularly the blue light from the screens has been shown to be damaging. So actually not all light is created equal. They ha- they have these apps now. Maybe you've seen like Flux. Yeah, um, that's I have actually, that on my phone. It turns it yellow at like, yeah. like 8 o'clock. Yeah, actually it's something I recommend to lots, a, a lot of my sleep clients. So that you're you're ahead of the, you're ahead of the game here. Well, ahead of, ahead of the curve. Well, we've all done independent study here because it affects our lives so greatly. So I, I would ask you this: when you say things like the blue light from the screen damages your ability to fall asleep, if you don't have trouble, if you are able to be on the computer or your phone and go right to bed and fall asleep, is it affecting the quality of sleep you're having, or are you just talking about people who have a delay in actually being able to fall asleep? Yeah, it's a really great question. So th- there's a delay, but a-, a lot of times with some of these things, it's also the quality. Um, so light is an example where you might not perceive that it's impacting you, but the quality of your sleep can get worse. And another example actually is caffeine. Like I'm actually a little bit hypocritical sometimes, and I'll be guzzling caffeine. Um, and I know that even if you know, it doesn't really affect me that much. I'll be able to fall asleep. But I know that there's research out there that shows it hinders your sleep quality, even if you're okay falling asleep on it. Right. So it's it's just all about quality uh-huh. at that point. So then when we talk about REM and deep sleep versus, I don't know, the sort of like superficial, just you're unconscious, what is the the goal of a night's sleep? How much REM are you supposed to get? Yeah, I mean, this is another one of those things that's, um, you know, it's a little bit individual, and you actually get less and less deep sleep as you get older. Um, so age is a component of this, too. They're not clear if that's, like, um, they're not clear what's a causal mechanism there. But, I mean, generally, people spend about, like, a healthy sleeper will spend between, like, 15 and 20% of their time in deep sleep. Um and about that same amount in REM, and probably more in REM, like 25% or something. Um, you know, they've actually done studies where if you expose, like, a mouse to a new environment, that mouse that next night, like, if you give them, like, a different rat race or, or a rat maze, whatever, they actually have more deep sleep that next night. And the reason for that is, you know, the research is showing that deep sleep is basically essential for um, memory memory, um, processing and being able to take in uh, new information from what you learned the day before. Yeah, that's why my memory is terrible. (laughs) Yeah, I have a terrible memory, and it's a drag. So, well, you got to move around more. You got to go to different locations. Sleep with mice. So here's the the uh, the other thing (laughs) that uh, I I always wonder about is a lot of people say, you know, I have a glass of wine and I'm I'm right off to sleep, (laughs) but alcohol. And uh, the effect on sleep, you know, we, we've learned many times, if you go out and get drunk, the quality of sleep you're getting, you're just unconscious for a good part of the right. night. And you don't really start sleeping until a few hours in after the booze wears off. Is there a cutoff point someone should try to set for themselves of one glass of wine is okay. That won't affect your sleep too much. It might help you chill out. But two makes you all of a sudden lose actual sleep. Yeah, I mean, in the sleep hygiene stuff, um, you know, like one of the main things when people have sleep problems is they do something called cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia. Mm -hmm. And part of that is something called sleep hygiene. And One of the guidelines in sleep hygiene 
is basically abstain from alcohol like two hours before you go to bed. Um, I I know that's not practical for everyone, but I mean, honestly, like one glass isn't really going to hurt you, in, in my opinion. Um, it's when, it's when you're like going to bed drunk, your sleep quality is going to, you know, it's going to be really poor. Right. Um, and that's, and I'm glad you bring this up because a lot of times people have the perception that something like drugs and also I would add, or alcohol and I'd also add sleeping pills a lot of times to this too. Um, you get this perception that you're sleeping, but you're actually sort of in this state where you're, um, you're not aware of the fact that, you know, you're just less conscious. So you think you're sleeping a lot, but really um, you're not sleeping as much as you think. Basically. What about marijuana use? Now with medical marijuana and legalized recreational becoming uh, a little more prevalent across the country, how does that affect sleep? I mean, there's some, re- I mean, there's some research, um, and I, I could also sort of vouch for this personally, that... Um, it really affects like your REM sleep, um, like your ability to remember your dreams and stuff like this. Um, you know, it's probably not that great, frankly. <laughs> so you're saying when you get high, you will either have freaky dreams or you won't remember them. Usually, I think you don't remember your or you don't remember your dreams. Yeah, is n- is that a sign of not having quality sleep? Is like if you remember your dreams, does that mean you had a great night's sleep? You know. I, I, um, I haven't actually seen a scientific study where they've like systematically manipulated when people were exposed to marijuana or not. It's actually a good study to run. I'd be curious if anyone has. You're almost making me want to do some more research right now. But, you just yeah, want to smoke weed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is there is there a, like why in all these studies is there just a universal um, time allowance? Like a lot of people are listening, saying, "Hey, look, I get." Five hours, six hours, that's all I need. I wake up feeling refreshed. What, yeah. what, what would you say to those people? Because sometimes, I, I don't know if it's just me, but I can't ever sleep longer than six hours. Yeah, so it's a compl- it's actually a really complicated question, and I don't think there is a universal time allowance, and I'm perfectly comfortable with certain people. There's actually something called short sleepers. It's like 1% of the population. Um, that can get by, and there's like genetic markers for this, they can get by on like, you know, like five, six hours. You know, everyone wants to think that they're the exception. Um, Most people Mm -hmm. don't fall under that category. Like 95% of people, frankly, probably need seven hours of sleep. And the fact that you don't spend 100% of your time in bed sleeping, unless you're like really sleep deprived, means that you probably need to allocate to get that seven hours like 95% of people need to allocate like seven and a half to get the seven hours. Um, probably like if I were to just take a stab at it, since it's a distribution, like probably like 30% of people need to spend eight hours in bed, um, meaning that they would need to, or need to spend, uh, need to sleep for eight hours, meaning they need to spend closer to eight and a half in bed. But there, I have a little trick to try to help you figure out how much sleep you actually need, if you, if that's helpful. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, basically, what what um, someone I work with out here has suggested, and I think it makes a lot of sense, is basically get a bedtime going up to you going on a vacation. 
Um, and part of this is also you might be the reason why you might be waking up at the same time every day isn't actually your sleep amount, but the other thing is your circadian rhythm. So you, you in particular might have a circadian rhythm that dictates that, you know, at, you know, six o'clock in the morning, your body is real, your natural 24 hour rhythm is really set to wake up at that time. So that might not be a sleep amount issue. That might actually be a circadian rhythm issue. So for you in particular, I might try to go to bed a little bit earlier and see what happens. But sorry, I'm getting distracted. But um, so basically, get a regular bedtime so you entrench your circadian rhythm and then go on vacation. And basically, without any of the stressors of your work, you'll eventually like just sort of fall into a natural rhythm if you go to bed at a similar time every night. And that is a closer estimate to how much sleep you probably actually need than anything else. Okay, so last thing for you. Um, making up sleep. If I don't sleep a lot during the week, the studies have shown, oh, well, you can't make it up on the weekend. It doesn't count. Well, then why do I want to sleep way more on the weekend when I don't have to get up? <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, if you sleep deprive yourself, you should, you know, catch up on it. It's useful. It's, you know, sleep is... is our body's way of regenerating itself, cell recovery, um, a lot, you know, lots of other human growth hormone. So you are benefiting in the, you know, sleeping in, but at a certain point there's like, you can't, um, you can't totally make up for the sleep that you've lost. So when you are sleep depriving yourself, you are damaging your body to some extent. Specifically your brain. Your brain and, frankly, like almost every organ in your body. I mean, there's studies where, you know, it affects your immune system. Um, it, they have sleep deprivation studies where they've shown um, really in a causal way that it increases hypertension and, and blood pressure and all this other stuff. Um, so it's, it's, yeah. We're doomed. Um, uh, yeah, unfortunately, I'm <laughs> running low on time, but, yeah, I wish I had more time to ask you about the long-term effects because... I'm, a, <laughs> We're I, I'm afraid of what's coming. I can see down the road here, and uh, the GPS is showing some pretty ugly stains on the brain. Uh, Dr. Gartenberg, Daniel Gartenberg, uh, Penn State. Uh, also, he's working on research funded right now by the National Science Foundation and the National Institute on Aging, and you can check out his TED Talks. And you have sleep apps, the Sonic Sleep Coach Alarm Clock, right? Yeah, that's right. We're, we're trying to get a lot of these sleep improvement stuff to be accessible to people. Well, thanks so much for your time this morning, man. We greatly appreciate you illuminating us as to how doomed we are because of our lack of sleep. <laughs> Don't stress out about it too much. That won't help. No, 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 no not at all, man. I'm up all night yeah. thinking about <laughs> how I can't, about sleep. I can't sleep. Thank exactly. you so much, Dr. Gardenberg. We'll see you. Hey, my pleasure. Okay. Thanks. Tim Benz coming up next. DVE. DVE Sports. Pursuit off today, Tim Benz with a sports update for you right now on the DVE Morning Show. Yeah, let's get right to the Pirates since they played last night. They got themselves a victory against the Milwaukee Brewers. An old-fashioned one nothing win for Pittsburgh over Milwaukee. Trevor Williams, the starting pitcher, and he was great for the Buccos, allowing just one hit over seven innings, striking out seven, walking two. Kyle Crick, Felipe Vasquez, they came in relief and did a fine job as well. Jordy Mercer gets the lone RBI. Clint Hurdle impressed with what he saw from Williams on the mound to start. Fastball usage, in and out, up and down with it. He's moved the fastball around. It's made his change up and slider uh, much more productive. He pitched down 
so much during the night when we it. When he went up, I thought it, it added effect. As for the defense behind Trevor Williams and the relievers, it was really good, too. Josh Harrison made one stellar play off a deflected ball, a comebacker to Crick. That certainly helped the process. And He said playing behind uh, the likes of Williams on the mound was keeping them on their toes and keeping everybody active and also had a lot of praise for Jordy Mercer coming through with that clutch base hit. A veteran, man. I've played with Jordy through the minor leagues. Uh, no, no moment gets too big for him. He uh, steady, stays even keel. Uh, things going good, things going bad. He's a professional, man. And, uh, you know, he's come up with a lot of timely hits for us over the past however many years. And uh, that's just one of them. Tonight, it's a rematch between the Brewers, who are still in first place tied with Chicago, and the Pirates, 36-36 and 36 right now. The record for Pittsburgh, Jamison Tyon against Freddie Peralta. It's a Tuesday home game, so I believe it's a pup night. So attendance goes up, mm-hmm. you know, so they, they can trade a Labrador in exchange for Francisco Cervelli from another <laughs> team somewhere down the line. <laughs> Barry Trotz out as Washington Capitals coach. He wins the cup, first cup championship for the Caps, and then just a few days really later, he's gone. Now he had a contract extension that kicked in that would have bumped his salary and bonuses to a, around the $2 million mark, but he wants more than that. So Trotz technically resigned. Uh, he might go to the Islanders. That's the rumor now. Todd Reardon may take over with Washington. Uh, trade season is upon us now in the National Hockey League as the draft approaches. A lot of teams like to make moves at the draft or just before. One deal done today. It is of note nationally because of the story that came out last week. The Senators have traded Mike Hoffman and Cody Donaghy along with a fifth-round pick in 2020 to San Jose for Michael Bodker, Julius Bergman, and a sixth-round pick in 2020. That's notable because of what happened last week with Hoffman. He's the guy whose girlfriend was accused of cyberbullying Eric Carlson and his yeah, wife on right. Twitter, up to and including allegedly mocking how they lost their child. You might remember Eric Carlson that, lost See, it. I never looked into Good what Lord. exactly she was how she was harassing them. That's no. what she was talking about? Among other things, she had been accused of by them saying that she was pill-popping, and that's why the baby was lost. Oh, my God. What a horrible human being. And Who I hadn't heard great things about Hoffman in advance of all these rumors, and then all this came to light, and he got shipped off. And right before I came on the air, I saw a quote from the <clears throat> from the GM of the Senators Basically saying we traded this guy because of character. <laughs> he didn't come right out and say it, but Good. the move was made to make the character in the locker room better. This guy we, sucks. And so does his girlfriend. Yeah, wow. How I don't know if it came down to... And she's a fiancé now. She's not just a girlfriend. So I don't know if it came down to take the ring back or you're traded, but he got traded. And now I guess every girlfriend in the San Jose Sharks organization better be on high alert. Wow. So that was the Yikes. first big move made in advance of the trade... Uh, season like we said before the draft well not the first because Arizona got rid of uh, Max Domi too they traded him to Montreal a lot of people thought the Penguins might be interested in acquiring him from the athletic uh, Josh Yoey wrote yesterday about Jim Rutherford's approach to the trade deadline he says I don't have to do anything if I don't do anything this summer we're still a contending team but alluded to the possibility that they could do something before the draft is over and that would allow them potentially to free up some cap room for free agency. Um, yeah, uh, Max is Ty's son. Yes, he Good is. Friend, yeah. uh, of course, he's uh, he's part of the Mario Lemieux entourage. Right. I was uh, 
last night. Honored to be a part of the dais honoring Tom Grealish from the Mario Lemieux Foundation, who was the Circus Sinners and Saints Man of the Year uh, organization Bob Prince started many years ago and uh, sat with uh, Mario and Jay Caulfield and uh, the Grealish brothers uh, last night. And Mario was on the other side of the table from me. So it was like a big round table and, and stuff was going on. And so we couldn't like talk to one another, but he kept like, he was like pantomiming things. <laughs> I, you know how funny to see Mario like they put down dessert and he like points out, he goes, oh. Because with Mario, all you need is a nod and a look. Yeah, right. And And to get the message across. Somebody would say something corny on on the mic, and he would kind of like point to the guy, like, "Eh, give him the hook. Look at this guy. (laughs) He's not like Burkle. He's not hilarious. This guy's not hilarious. And uh, when Billy Gardell joins us next hour, guys, uh, I found this on SteelerWire.com. I do some work for them on the side. Uh, This is the USA Today digital NFL platform. They came up with a list of the top Steelers all time since the 70s. So everything after Super Bowl 14. And um, it's so contentious, I found myself arguing with myself. I was tweeting nasty things at myself for stupid decisions I had made in my rankings earlier as I tried to re-rank it. So I wanted it's to see this for very of you, Tim. Yeah, exactly. Right. I fell deeper and deeper into my REM sleep dream there. The tough <laughs> thing to do would be to not confine the top 10 to the Super Bowl the second Super Bowl era, uh, you know, the Ben Roethlisberger years. But then you get into Woodson's. Yeah, what's what I'm saying? Nineties and Kirkland's oh and Greg God. Lloyd's yeah. and Kevin Green's. Right. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just gave you a couple names there that aren't on the list. Like, you know, Heath Miller isn't on the list. Joey Porter isn't mm-hmm. on the list. When you get into that territory, you're like, how far do we have to go here? But uh, yeah, so we'll throw that that Billy uh, when he joins us. That's yeah. right up his alley. Oh, uh, that's chum that he mm-hmm. will. Yes. Uh, he will be attracted to. Val's got news top of the hour. We're going to talk about our breakfast habits with Billy. So I'm now going to learn that I'm screwing that up, too. Yes. <laughs> oh, after you don't get any sleep, you don't eat, right? Yeah, you should have asked him why you get up in the middle of the night to eat. Yeah. I haven't been doing that as much recently. Didn't that doctor just sound like a stoner guy? <laughs> Are we sure we got the doctor? That wasn't just some he... dude at Penn State I walking past his office. His sleep client, even though that sounds super creepy. I was going to tell him that if he needs study patients, we are available. You can study me. Let's go. Seriously, or like the Val. before photos. The before yep. and after <laughs> shot. They start with morning radio hosts. I would totally do a sleep. Me too. Study. I want to know exactly how bad it is. Me too. I know how bad it is. I want someone to develop something that goes up into my brain and cleans out all of the damages done from not sleeping. Because when you sleep, it basically it like Clears washes all the stuff away out of yes. your brain. It's like a brain and laxative. Now, and, and we're just walking around with, you know, it's like storage up. wars up in our head right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, we there's need the stuff to come and again. Like stuff we lost the key to. Right, yeah. Just full rooms of stuff. Someone What's needs in to there? come clean these, the, the shed know. out for us for crying out loud. Um, I think meditating might do that a little bit, or at least mm. it clears the pathway. It, it brushes the stuff to the side so you can clears out walk your through cranial constipation. Hey yo, what? All right, uh, <laughs> <laughs> listen to this. There's no sexual innuendo there. Uh, all right, <laughs> see what I mean? We're doomed. Jason Mackey next. It is the DVE Morning Show, and joining us right now, it's our friend Jason Mackey from the Post Gazette. Jason, good morning. How are you? 
I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, man, Barry Trotz, how you let a guy go after he wins the cup for you? I mean, to suggest that he didn't have a great deal to do with what they uh, were able to accomplish in the postseason this year, I think is disingenuous. Those are not some easy players to handle, not easy scenarios to handle, including the goaltender uh, near fiasco to start the postseason. Uh, he really navigated them through some choppy waters at times, and they reward him by not paying him a salary commensurate with other coaches who have similar success. Why not? I know. I I don't have a good reason for you why they're not doing it. I mean, I think it's insane. Uh, look at the Capitals as a whole. You know, what? not just Alex Ovechkin, that era, but, you know, this team has just experienced playoff failure after playoff failure, and you have a guy that takes him to the Stanley Cup and wins it and does all these great things, and they're legitimately going to look at him and say, like, okay, we're not going to pay you now? What are you doing? I mean, I look at that situation and just think, they wanted all along for Todd Reardon, former Penguins assistant, to be their head coach. And there's nothing Barry Trotz could have done to change that. Um, if you're if you're not going to make the team budge to, to pay you a legitimate salary after winning a Stanley Cup, I mean, what can you do? And I don't blame Trotz one bit for moving along, and he's going to get paid handsomely somewhere. It's just stupid, stupid move by Washington, in my opinion. Yeah, I was going to say, sorry sorry to interrupt you, Tim, but I was going to say this this decision seems to be have already been locked and loaded beforehand because Reardon was extended. Wasn't the GM extended? Right. And, and they yeah, never Reardon. talked about a Trotz, Trotz extension up until that point? Right. The GM was extended in March, and they didn't do anything with Trotz. So I, I, I don't have a problem with that, just because like if he would have lost in the first round, not that I feel like – I mean, this always happens to hockey coaches. You end up firing them way too early and whatever. But, so like I kind of would have gotten it if it, he lost in the first or second round. I just don't understand it after he wins the Stanley Cup. He proved something to you. He did something gigantic in that day. <laughs> right. And, and, and what? Like, yeah, there's the $2 million raise or whatever that kicks in. Like, that's bogus. They should have just adjusted that and paid him legitimate money. I mean, we're sitting here talking about $3 bucks for a guy who won the first Stanley Cup in the history of the Capitals, 44 years or whatever it is. I mean, it just seems really short-sighted to me. Is there a potential for a trickle-down effect of uh, this decision to sort of indicate to others uh, an unwillingness to keep the band together? You know, the the great things the Penguins had going for them, going after the, the, the first Cup, uh, well, uh, Sid's second, was that they kept the coaches they kept a lot of the same parts intact going forward and were able to be a cohesive unit two years in a row yeah i don't know if i would read that much into it uh the capitals have a pretty lengthy history of paying coaches a very poor amount of money and treating coaches very poorly so i this sort of just falls in lockstep with what they've done throughout their history Mm -hmm. i wouldn't I wouldn't tie this to like bringing John Carlson back or Jay Beagle, Devontae Smith, Pelly. They're like their three big, you know, big guns in the off season here. So I mean, they still can keep the band together or band, but keep with however you want to say that. It's just to me, I mean, Barry Trotz is the leader, and this is a really dumb decision and, and sort of unprecedented in a way to to just let him walk over essentially three million bucks. Jason, what's Sullivan making? How long is he locked up for? And how does that impact how they view moves like the whole Kessel conversation this offseason? Yeah, Tim. And what's weird about this, I didn't even know this until yesterday. We don't know what Mike Sullivan made. Yeah, I thought the same thing. I guess I looked it up, too. If you, like, if you go on cap-friendly, like they've got every coach except for a couple, and it just says unknown. And Sullivan yep. is one of the unknown guys. Isn't it the most NHL thing ever? Like, you just don't know who 
what coaches make. I mean, at least you know some salary term, but I don't even think that's always known. I, I said I do think that Mike Sullivan is in that like upper echelon. So you, you think know, he's in that talking. five million dollar range with Julian, or is he below that? I'm surprised I, they don't just say that upper echelon, lower <laughs> echelon. They don't specify injuries. Why the would best they? echelon. Uh, you just gave him some ideas, Bill. Yep. That, that's how we're going to have all contracts classified now: <laughs> upper echelon contract, lower echelon. No, I, I think he's closer to Quinville and Julian and Babcock and all that stuff than he is to Trotz. I mean, I okay. can't. You know, I'm not going to say he makes five million or above, but I, you know, I think he's he's closer to the elite level of of coaches than he is the. The guys who are kind of, you know, I don't know, getting short shrift. So where I'm going with it is like, you know, with this whole discussion about whether or not Kessel stays or goes seems to be somewhat incumbent on whether he can get along with Sullivan. And then it gets into how much you've invested in Sullivan versus Kessel if you reach a loggerhead there. Do you you think they're close to that or how much does money play into that, if at all? No, no, I don't. I don't think they're close to that. I don't think money plays into that at all but i mean even hypothetically tim if if they would come to blows you know if it would be completely irreparable i think phil's going to go before sullivan i really do i mean they love sullivan you've been around that team you know how much he dictates what goes on around them um you know they i think they would try to move phil beforehand but again i would preface that by saying we're nowhere near that honestly i think the organization has kind of done some damage control these past couple of weeks to try to you know, the relationship's not that bad. It happens all the time, blah, blah, blah. I don't understand it. I mean, we heard whispers about it the entire season. It's not just, you know, in the playoffs, like things got really, really bad. It's just Phil can be a difficult player to coach. And I wouldn't, you know, it's not going to blow up. I don't think there's any issue there. Jason Mackey from the Post-Gazette. Jason, thanks so much, man. Appreciate you calling in. Anytime. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, brother. We'll see you. Uh, on the way for you, Billy Gardell joining us for the 9 a.m. hour here on the DBE Morning Show. Didn't that doctor just sound like a stoner guy? Are we sure we got the doctor? That wasn't just some dude at Penn State walking past his office. His sleep client, even though that sounds super creepy. I was going to tell him that if he needs study patients, we are available. You can study me. Let's go. Seriously, like the before photos. The before and after (laughs) shot. Start with morning radio hosts. I would totally do a sleep. Me too study i want to know exactly how bad it is me too i know how bad it is i want someone to develop something that goes up into my brain and cleans out all of the damage is done from not sleeping because when you sleep it basically it like Clears washes all the stuff away out of yes. your brain it's like a brain and, now, and, and we're just walking around with you know it's like storage up. wars up in our head right now <laughs> randy bowman and the dve morning show billy gardell joining us live from los angeles california on dve billy what's up man what's up good Sometimes you just have to manufacture something like that, a little energy, you know what I mean? You well, fake it till you on. make it. Well, good morning. Good morning, everybody. What morning. are you doing? I, uh, I just got back from, uh, I, I was, they flew me out to be on a carnival cruise line uh, because uh, there was some kind of big emergency and they missed their ports because of weather and a medical emergency, so... Half the boat uh, had to get off in San Diego. You know, they give them a choice. You can get off and uh, to carry a, a refund or or you can stay on and uh, they'll give you a free cruise and you can use the amenities of the boat for the next three days. So as a, uh, hey, sorry this went awry, we're sending you Billy Gardell to do some stand-up. <laughs> so me and the wife got a free cruise out of it and we got to hang with a bunch of people that were actually... 
the cool people. All the irate people had gotten off the boat. <laughs> so it was just like a boat full of like, yeah, man, we'll stay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was really, really a pleasant experience because I thought I was going to go in there and they're going to go, really? The cruise was ruined. They send us this fat bastard. You know, I didn't. <laughs> but it was exactly the opposite. It was, like, it was like all the people that like are cool in the middle of a bad situation. So it was like three days of a lot of fun, man. And we're just waiting for the Wilster to get back today from Iceland. He's been in a hot spring. He's been on a glacier. He hasn't called his mother, and uh -huh. I feel very, very scared for him when he gets home. Because oh. he doesn't know. He has not been checking in with her enough to her standards, and uh, I'll make sure she don't hear me. Yeah, make but, sure the uh, room's yeah. secure, Bill. I, yeah, I, I think I think he's he's going to be calling me like Jason Bourne later today. Let me, I'm just going to go. Come in, Jason. You have to come in. Face this. So I think I think he's in trouble with her when he gets home. But otherwise, all good. And I'm too fat. Working on a diet. What's what? the What's the time difference in Iceland, Bill? Does he have any excuse at all? Five hours. Not oh, really. Seven. 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 Oh, hours. you're in L.A. Yeah. Okay. Seven. So he's seven ahead. So he's been up. For, you know, he could leave, could leave a message. I don't know why he doesn't leave a message. Because <laughs> he's having he's a blast. and he's having a blast. Exactly. So, yeah. but the plight of a mom is a little tougher than the plight of a dad. I think. So. How was your Father's Day then? With uh, you guys, uh, basically, were uh, Sands. Uh, this was my first uh, Father's Day without Wilster, but he uh, he 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 actually did text me. I don't want to say that. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, my buddy's uh, kids uh, were taking him to dinner, and they were sweet enough to invite me and Patty. But they're friends with Will, and they're like, "We know Will's not home. Come to dinner with us." So That's it was very nice. sweet. That's yeah. cool. Did you? And I, uh, found, I found a Cajun joint. Well, they found a Cajun joint. If, you, if you're ever out here again, you guys, I'll take you. It's unbelievable. They make a fried hen. Okay. And they put biscuits alongside of it with little cubes of honeycomb on top of the biscuits. And then they put they have pecans that are glued to the fried chicken skin. How do, how do they glue the pecans? Well, honey, Randy, how else would you do it? So I Nature's ate that, and my, uh, I think my sugar shot up to about 180 after that meal. It was nice. I just heard in my head the Swiss, Swiss Vale faithful going, Oh, Hody Toity Billy Gardell's eating fried hen now. <laughs> With biscuit sidecars. Yeah. It's it's a uh, it's a it's a it's a Cajun Southern mix. So uh, they, they fry the hens. They don't do the chickens. They do the hens. Are there barbecue places in L.A.? Not very good ones. There's a couple. Um, you really gotta you gotta search them out. Um, it's just not we're just not a barbecue heavy place. There's a few joints. There's one in the valley I really love. It's like, you know, one of those mom and pop joints. Like, you know, it's like one room corner. You know, six tables, and mm -hmm. you go in, you get your order, and you get out. It's called uh, uh, Uncle Andre's, and then there's a place called Mama B's down on Van Owen. But yeah, you got to work for barbecue out here. <laughs> Billy uh, hanging out with us here on the DV Morning Show. Do Val. some recon. I've done a little recon out here. <laughs> Did you call but your dad? I'm, I'm you... jammed up now. I'm on, I'm on the whole 30 now, so I can't. No, I don't get to eat anything anymore. Well, before we get to that, did you talk to your old man on Father's Day at least? I I did. He's he's doing good. He's doing a little better. He's been, uh, you know, you know, you get ticks and tacks as you get a little bit older, and he just 
My father, instead of going to the doctor, just gets mad. And I keep telling him that that's not the solution. (laughs) You can't get mad at your foot. You can't get mad at your leg. You have to go to the doctor. Well, you know what? I just don't like it. Hell, I yelled at my foot for like an hour. Yeah. (laughs) You know what? I'm just not talking to my foot. What do you think of that? Okay. Okay. And then I got to check them that when it's time to go to the doctor, that they don't have leeches and saws and rags. They actually have some equipment now that that you're going to be all right with. So what's this diet you're on? The whole thirty. Is that like um? What's the it's, no carb? It's it's basically Atkins. yeah the no carb no sugar stuff and then but you can add a piece of fruit when you lose your mind. So I like that. That kind of keeps me together. You're talking about the keto diet, Val, or the keto. Keto, right, right yeah. Um, keto. But you can't. Very, very region square right there. You <laughs> got she, that keto diet. But you can't have no fruit you got on that. that. One. Uh, no yeah, this thing, this thing is all right. It's like you can have a little piece of fruit when you're you're losing it, so that's all right. The keto diet gotta, is I dangerous. Get the weight off. I'm coming up on 50. If the weight don't come off, I'm going to be riding around on a zappy after all this hard work, and I don't want to do that. Yeah, no, you don't want to do that. John Fetterman just lost 148 pounds. What wow. did he do? It was a diet. Yeah. What I think kind? you, if what you don't, I don't know what he was doing. It uh, doesn't matter. Anything will work if you stay on it. Right. You know? well, Didn't you? You did this whole 30 before, Bill, right? You're running this I did. back. I, I, this is my second second bout of it. Yeah, uh, I did. I took, uh, 60. Uh, I took 15 off the first time I did it, so I'm, I'm, I'm going again. <laughs> Are you – so uh, did, did you yo-yo back with that? Or? No. No, oh, I'm okay. dude, that's awesome. I, I, I kept it off, and now – and then I, uh, you know, just – Trying to be moderate, and now I'm going back in. It's like going, it's like the altered states deprivation chamber. I just bang against the walls until I blink, and then I lose 15 pounds. All right, last yes. question for you, and I'll stop busting your chops. Are you Thank done you. with the chokes? Oh yeah, I haven't smoked since October. All right, good. Yeah, no, I've been doing good. And pretty soon, I'll, I'll have gotten to the point where I can't do anything, and and it'll be wonderful. <laughs> I'll just just have absolutely no sin at all. It'll be wonderful. <laughs> I remember shutting down voices so left and right. Life, shutting them down one at a time. That's my deal. Like ten years ago, in his thirties, a buddy of mine started smoking, and oh. which was the dumbest thing ever. So he starts smoking, and uh, our other friend just looked at him and he's like, "What are you smoking for?" And he's like, "I don't know. I just I just picked it up." And he's like, "You know, I just kind of like do it when I'm drinking." And he goes, "You have all the vices now." Yeah, <laughs> all of them. <laughs> he said that was the last one you had waiting to, you know, be unclaimed. Oh, dude, so now I you got you. them all. I've had to do a lot of reverse engineering. I always say that too to Patty. Like, you know, I, I quit. I, I quit drugs and alcohol ten years ago. I, you know, quit smoking. Uh, you know, and and the eating one now is is a different one. You know, with all that other stuff, you know, you quit. And you you don't do it anymore. But the problem with food is you got to walk the tiger three times a day. Right. So so it's waiting for you yeah. in the fridge. And and my thing is like, you know, if if I if I wait too long, like if I, if I eat at the right times, I survive it. But if I wait too long and I get too hungry. Well, then suddenly it's like we just slip into the two-minute offense, and now I'm at Carl's Jr. getting a superstar. You know what I mean? I'm running the hurry up, and it blows everything out. You can't negotiate with a tiger, Bill. 
No, it's awful, Billy. It's awful. But that's why I say that I couldn't just get one. Couldn't I just be the guy that like is obsessive about owning pairs of vans or something? I had to get all of them. You know, my whole life has been spent putting habits down. Yeah. yeah. Well, Bill, you, you you know you had to complete the uh, the collection, and now you're getting rid of it one yeah. by one. <laughs> Selling it man. off. You knock them down in the order they're killing you. You know. Val's got an update for us. What's going on news-wise? What's happening, Valerie? Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. It's 77 now at DVE. The news is brought to us by the new PPG Science Pavilion at Carnegie Science Center, built to inspire. Munhall native and American Idol finalist Gabby Barrett scheduled to headline the EQT Pittsburgh Three Rivers Regatta 4th of July event. You got a regatta. <laughs> what a regatta. In a statement, the aspiring country and pop star said there is no better way to thank the people who supported her on American Idol than with a special hometown performance. She's going to be singing on the main stage at Point State Park for the event, which is free to everybody. And it usually gets packed. Oh, I'm getting so. the kayak and going down. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't somebody, someone got majorly hurt there last year. I don't remember. Well, I, at the, uh, I thought that was at the flu talk. The red, no, that was the Dave red Crawley. Bull. But wasn't it part of the, didn't they have the food talk in conjunction with? <laughs> Maybe. The I, I, don't last year? I don't remember the I think they did. I could order. be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they did. A dad in North Carolina taking matters into his own hands after his son's high school would not recognize him for being valedictorian. Gary Alman bought a billboard for his son that reads, Congrats, Josh Alman. You will always be our valedictorian. Josh reportedly graduated from East Wake High in Wendell, North Carolina, with a 5.31 GPA. 5.31? What? Yep. How do you get that? That's, that's like I don't uh, know. more than is available. On Facebook, yeah. his dad said, while the high school may not recognize Josh's hard work, his family and friends will. Actually, many schools around the country are starting to get rid of the valedictorian recognition and even class rank as a whole. Why didn't they let him? I, they're they're not recognizing any. I don't know because it, maybe it makes people feel bad. We're intellectual fluid here. Well, Nobody gets recognized. I think it's terrible. I mean, if you get a five three, come on, you're the valedictorian. <laughs> I mean, does that mean you're just taking all college courses, like I, all I, AP I, classes? I can imagine it's that and every single extra credit assignment. Like, even the ones that sucked. Like, yeah, okay, if you go to a bunny farm and feed them some lettuce, you did that one too? Great. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> well, my God, five, five, three? Is it? What do you, I don't yeah. even know how you get to that. Yeah. You know what? He gets to be the valedictorian. Not only does that, he gets a special hat. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's wrong with that? Why, why don't you just say, that guy got a five, three. He's smarter than all of us. Maybe we should listen to him for a minute. Yeah, well, that isn't how things go now. Yeah. Yeah. What do you well, think we're going to start rewarding people for being smart? That yeah, kid's a that's, dork. A, that's, a, that's the last thing we want to do. <laughs> do you want to talk about breakfast habits? Always. All right. Do you eat first thing or wait a while? Terrible. I got the terrible one. I, I get up and I have coffee and I don't eat till about noon or one. Yeah, I eat right away. Yeah, that's no good, Bill. I've been in that habit too. Thirty-seven. Bad. 37% said they can't function until they get breakfast, so they go for it right away, but 63% wait. I'm always starving. 
I can't yeah. eat right The main motivation up. for me getting out of bed is so I can eat. That's really good. It's actually a healthy system. But like mm-hmm. real food? Because my, like, my appetite, yeah. I could do like a banana, like some... like. Sought like a protein shake. Oh, no, dude. No, nah, I can't do that. I can't do like a hearty breakfast right when I Throw wake up. Throw it at me. Give do it you, to me. Do you like <laughs> sweets for breakfast, like pancakes, waffles, or do you go for savory like bacon and eggs? I tell you, I went to that Le Gourmandine bakery there they got in Lawrenceville and took some stuff up to my dad for Father's Day. Right. Oh, my God. They have this chocolate almond thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could crush <laughs> like those all day. I don't know. It was like... It's like some pastry. It was insanely good. And everything they have that's chocolate, I think, is incredible. I could eat that stuff in the morning, but I can't eat donuts. Like donuts, because it's just the pure I'm not sugar. This. The pure sugar. The pure sugars is too much. Like So you're like a like a croissant type. No, I don't like pastry. I just happened to have it this past weekend. I you know, I thought it was awesome. I, it's not like I go and get it all the time, but I thought that was really good, but I don't go for donuts. I need to have eggs. I need to have protein. I need to have like a... 62% go savory with the bacon and eggs. Now, see, I like bacon and eggs right around 1130. I like that. I screw up the lunch hour, too. Brunch. It's a brunch, Bill. Yeah. I settle and I'm, I, I, connect, I, connect br- I connect breakfast and lunch a lot. It's no good. Do you pretty much always try to eat a healthy breakfast? 43... 43- <laughs> No. 43% <laughs> claim they do 57%. Eh, sometimes, but, you know. Breakfast is the gasoline meal. You really got to look at it like you're feeding the engine. And I so never it, do. So that's true, right? If you get up and you eat, you get the motor going, that's that's good for you? I, I crush I don't think it works. And, uh, and uh, blueberries all the time. And then if, I can't, if I'm in a hurry, I'll just do peanut butter toast or something. Now, if you wake up in the middle of the night and eat, do you still eat breakfast? Typically, no. I don't know how you wake up. and I'm fat and I don't do that. I don't know how you eat in the middle of the night. And it's, like, it's like sleepwalking. I don't I really know what's going that. on. Yeah, I can't control that. Sometimes it, I come out in the kitchen and it looks like somebody got in a fight with my cereal box. <laughs> It's just all over the place and ripped apart. Picks you out there like the Swedish chef. Yeah. I'm like Will Ferrell and John <laughs> Riley and Step Brothers when they're sleepwalking. And I just have cereal. And I'm like, ah! I'm just throwing it everywhere. Do you eat the same thing every day? No. Pretty much. Variation. 40% say yes, 60% mix it up. Do you love or hate cereal? I love it. I love it. So love. I not only love it, I cross-pollinate sometimes. So do I. Yeah, I'll, I'll do two cereals. What, are, what are we talking bowl. here? I'll do a life cereal, a life cinnamon as as my uh, add on to like doing the Kashi one. That's a nice one. I, I like. I like. Uh, I'll tell you what's a good one is you take Kellogg's corn pops, which are horrible for you, and you dump some cocoa puffs on those. That's nice. Oh, that's that nice. How many wonderful. grams of sugar in that? Uh, who knows? I start vibrating and go backwards in time. And I find myself. <laughs> In Serena, Serena gets uh, like organic stuff for the kids, so uh, it's not dude, Fruit Loops. What's it's worse like, than organic. It's like organic uh, fruit rings, frosted O's with natural <laughs> sugar. Yeah, okay. Do yeah. you skip breakfast? Fruity Loops. Oh, I used yeah, to okay. hate that when my mom would get the stuff that was like generic, off-brand. Like it, it, it wouldn't have it. Toucan Sam. Oh. It would have like a one-eyed, like you know, sick bird. Like, uh. yeah. <laughs> like a so bad the cover band. Of that cross-pollination, by the way, is, is plain Cheerios and Raisin Bran. 
Oh, I'd rock that. But, yeah, oh, but yeah, but that's all good. But you don't want to. You don't want to go out real quick. Cheerios are pretty. You want to linger at the house. <laughs> I used to put bit. so much right, sugar that on. That mixes with the coffee, and then <laughs> things are percolating. <laughs> I used to put so much sugar on my Cheerios that when I was done eating them, there would be like this gray the, the sludge gray matter, island the gray of sugar. Yeah, you have to like tread in the mon. You could patch a wall with that. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta wash that out immediately or it's just never coming out and the most ridiculous question of this survey or maybe any survey have you ever had pizza for breakfast of course who yeah. has yeah. only 64 percent said yes no, they're lying Real? That, that's a lie they're ashamed. i don't know anybody who hasn't had a cold slice of pizza for breakfast yeah. Yeah. Well, the other thing you have to consider. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah. they're young. If, they haven't if, been defeated yet. In if life. you eat pizza, you've eaten pizza for breakfast. Yeah. Now, who did this survey, Val? I don't know. See, here's the thing you have to remember about surveys like this. Well, uh, there were, I don't know, what, 10 questions there? Yeah. All right. Sure. You ever take one of these? How many? No. How many? No. Yeah. Number no. one. I don't no. really do that either. And if I do, if I start to get into it, after the third question, I go, what the hell am I doing this for? So it's not an, you know, it's not your average bear that will sit through a survey and actually take it. Yeah, you know what I don't like about surveys, uh, people, is they don't get the first brush off. You know, like they don't get the, no, I'm busy, I can't do that. It really, it drives me crazy. And it, it's like if the people that linger outside the grocery store entrance, they're the ones that I like. They drive me insane. They just, there's always somebody with some kind of. Uh, they, they either want a donation or they want to do the uh, the uh, the survey poll. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I just can I just get in here and get the milk that I've been sent. And they want your signature. Place. Yeah, signature yeah. and email. Yeah. See the difference they're is like here. Human pop up ads. Get out of my yeah, face. Yeah, just please. Can I just go get the milk? I just need the I just start breaking down in front of them. I just need the milk. That was I'm saying milk. See, out in L.A., they're having you stop and sign a signature on environmental uh, you know, movements and Save stuff like that. And, yeah, Look, In Pittsburgh, you walk out of the of Giant cars. Eagle, and everybody's like, hey, we signed this petition to keep Phil Kessel from getting traded next year. <laughs> and I would sign that. Yeah. <laughs> Forecast today. Showers and thunderstorms, possible temperatures in the low 80s at 76 at DVE. More with Billy Gardell. DVE Sports. All right, we got Billy Gardell in Los Angeles, California, hanging out with us this morning. And Tim Bentz filling in for Mike Pursuta with your sports right now, but a special edition of uh, the sportscast here. We talked a little bit about Trevor Williams' nice outing, seven innings, one hit for the Buccos last night in a win over the uh, first-place Brewers, which only garnered a (laughs) 10,000. Yeah. That's not going to get those new players to the Pittsburgh Pirates, are they? Yeah. Just uh, 10,000 at a time. Yeah, 10,000 attendants last night in attendance uh, for the Buccos. I, I tell you, Musgrove is going up and up in my books, too. Yeah. He, had, he had a rough yeah. one last time out, though. It wasn't so good in his most no. recent outing. Well, no, but I like him because he's just scrappy, and he, you know, uh, Harrison got plunked, so he came back and plunked the guy, but he didn't hide from it. He's like, no, nah, you throw one of our guys, we're throwing back at you. Tie on tonight, he's st- finally starting to pitch a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, I agree. 7.05 tonight against Milwaukee. Um, quick hockey note before we get to the Steelers' topic at hand that I wanted to throw at Billy here. But uh, Barry sure. Trotz, head coach of the Washington Capitals, out. Yeah, why is he leaving? He resigned. 
because he got a new contract extension that kicked in for two years, but he's unhappy with the money that he agreed to for the contract extension. It was a clause that said if you win the cup, you get two more years tacked on at $1.8 million, so an additional 300000 and some bonuses, but that's still approximately... Three million bucks left less than the likes of Claude Julian and Joel Quinville and Mike uh, Babcock. So he's just not he's not happy with his own deal. Washington's right. not happy that he's backing out. But I also think that Washington management's not happy with ownership that they're not giving him more money to keep him happy. So no one's happy in this situation. <laughs> and think about unhappy how unhappy he's going to be when he's coaching in Brooklyn. That's all it. I know is I'm happy that the Capitals won the cup and they're unhappy. It didn't last very long. The honeymoon got over quick there in D.C. They're in misery, their championship season. Whenever Ovechkin gets sober and realizes that this has happened, he's probably going to be pissed. (laughs) What happened to the coach? Where'd he go? What? So So we might be effing suck this year. (laughs) (laughs) That is going to be a great t-shirt, though, floating around Washington. All right, so, uh, Bill, SteelerWire.com, an outlet that I do some work for for uh, USA Today digital NFL platforms that they've got, they came up with a list, the all-time best Steelers after the Super Steelers of the 70s, all right? Oh, yeah. So everybody after 79. Wow. And this is the list that they came up with. How many are on this list? Top 10. Okay. It's the top 10. You want me to go from 10 to 1 or 1 to 10? 10 to 1. 10 to 1. Hampton, 10. Yeah, big case. Love I mean, a little high for me. Qu- quietly, no. an important part of that uh, that Super Bowl. Yeah, and, uh, both of them. But yeah, and let's talk about Mike Webster type consistency as well. Well, eh, the one to two down player with some of the names that you're not going right. to hear on this list. I'll get to the names that we're leaving off the list okay. after, and that might reframe it for you. All Have right. the Steelers had the best run defense in the league since Big Hamp left? Because to me, I it was don't like know about that. since no. he's been gone, it's it's been. They had one of those disproportionate us. years where the run defense since he left was really high, but that was because everybody threw at him and just didn't bother to run. <laughs> right. Well, I always said that we should have had a parade for Casey Hampton. He didn't retire. There was no announcement. He just stopped yeah. playing, and it was just really yeah. quiet. And all of a sudden, he wasn't on the team, and it that really bothered me because that guy deserved to be celebrated as much as any of the uh, Troy. I agree, or, and I, he consistently played two gaps. His career, <laughs> right? And he, he was listening to that two, double serial segment you guys were talking how about. How many yeah. times did you see a replay when Casey had a guy in each arm, <laughs> in each arm pit? Every, yeah. every one. No, I loved him. Okay, all right. Fanica nine, no problem with yeah, that. No question. I actually had him higher on mine. Yeah, I had Fanica fifth yeah. on mine. Harrison eight, Hines seven. Wait, who? who? James, James Harrison. Harrison. James Harrison. The Patriot. <laughs> so, so you've got him demoted then you're saying Bill because he went to the Patriots that loses points I know it was you Fredo Hines 7 yeah. Dawson 6 I, I would have Hines higher than that okay then who do you have him in front of if I give you Bettis, AB, Troy, Woodson and Ben because those are the top 5 Yikes. oh my god um, see that's the thing wait, like you say, say should be higher. I, I'm going to put Hines above Woodson Hines is at seven. Woodson's at six. No, Hines is at seven. Dawson was at five. Sorry, Dawson was at six. Dawson was at six. Bettis is at five. I think Bettis is, is, to me, Bettis is probably the number one guy since the 70s. Before Ben? My opinion. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, one, only one of those two players is already in the hall. Yeah, I go but Bench, bench going. I know. Yeah. But. He's, he's a quarterback. I think you've got to give it to Roethlisberger there. Troy was three. Woodson was two. Ben was one. Boy, that's a tough one. Woodson was two. Woodson was two, yeah. I think... Uh, There's a guy that's already in the that. Hall of Fame, all-decade team, 11 Pro Bowls. I can't remember how many of those 11 were with the Steelers. I was just going to say... Seven or eight were with the Steelers. See, it's weird to me because I would make it te- like players that are not playing anymore. That would be a, a 10. And then the players that are still on the team. So active yeah. players excluded. See, now, Bill, this ben is... is number one easily. I think it's easy. After yeah. he's done playing, and probably right now. I would have said Ben, Bettis, Dawson, Rod, and Fanica is my top five. Then Troy is six. Ben, Bettis... Dawson. You Rob, have Dermani that high. I, I was a huge I Dawson too. fan. Dirt. Dirt Dermani was unbelievable. I know he was unbelievable. I'm unbelievable. just saying. So, Bill, this is what yeah. I was Guys saying. Guys who contributed to a Super Bowl and were integral parts of Super Bowl victories and multiple Super Bowl appearances. Dirt got one appearance? One, In a Super yeah. Bowl, yeah. But he was snapping to Neil O'Donnell and Bubby. What yeah. about Bubby? Where's Bubby on this list? Bubby didn't make the cut. Yeah. So these these are the guys that yeah, made he it. Was, Dermani Dawson protected Neil O'Donnell and Bobby Brister. That alone. We won't fault him for that. Every play. <laughs> that alone. Guys who didn't make it, and this is what I was talking about before we automatically put Hampton in as number 10. Here's, here are guys who did not make the list. Greg Lloyd, Joey Porter, Jason Gilden, Heath Miller, Carnell Leck, James Ferrier, Kevin Green, Le'Veon Bell. Just without thinking too wow. much further. Mm-hmm. Those are, see, wow. the, those are a lot a of guys draft, before you just say yeah. Hampton has to be there. No Aaron Smith I didn't even just mention there. No Louis yeah. Lips I didn't even just mention there. Well, Louis Lips, um, statistically, I don't think ranks up there. He was sort of stuck in between, like, yeah. hey, coming Lou. out of the 70s with bad quarterbacks and then Louis before Lips the passing like age. 16 TDs in his rookie year. Yeah. He was fantastic. Like, that, that 1984 team with him and Stallworth. Stallworth had a great year in 84, his last real good Hall of Fame season. So, yeah, he was really good. Um, one other note, speaking of the Steelers of the 70s, just got to pass this along since we've got soccer going on in the background here. Matt Barr, you remember him? <laughs> yeah, his dad. Yeah. His dad, uh, Walter, was, as Madden describes, just talking to Mark Madden about this, the miracle on pitch team. That was the 1950 U.S. men's soccer team that upset England in one of the great soccer upsets of all time, one nothing, and his dad set up the goal, had the assist on the goal. Yeah. Last remaining member of that team, he died yesterday. So, and then his son, of course, was the soccer style kicker as he well, used to call him back in the Chris day. Chris and Matt. Yeah, Chris and Matt. Right. Uh, Matt Walt was, Barr was a legend, and if you had anything to do with Penn State special teams, and uh, you knew Walt Barr. Yeah. Yeah, Walt Barr was a, he was a legend, There's no doubt about it, and uh, I got to meet him. Long, long time ago. Gary Anderson also did not make the cut at the top ten. Just on the outside. Oh, just on the fringe. Gotta have Gailwee. <laughs> Gailwee. <laughs> you're, you're, you're unsettled about something about this list, and I can't tell what it is. What is it that's bothering because you? Because I, it's tough. I, I don't want to disrespect Dermonte Dawson. You have a problem with those guys being ranked higher because they don't have Super Bowls. They didn't win. You don't like interior offensive linemen. No, I do. So then what about A.B.? Uh, no, AB AB is the greatest athlete the Steelers have ever had. He is the best. When he's done, very, he's going to be the best very, receiver very they ever had. Solid. Yeah, that's a solid argument. I'm, he, there's right. nobody like the goalpost though there because he hasn't won either. No, I know. However, 
this is what separates him. He is the most, possibly one of the most unique NFL players of all time. He's, you think he's more unique than Hines? Can he throw the football? Can he block? <laughs> no. He cannot throw the football because we never need to see him do it again like he did in the opening drive against the Patriots two years ago. End of story. Well, he was also, like Rod Woodson, is a double threat. Yeah. You know, AB a- is... Special teams and defense, you mean, very, for Rod? Yes. All right. Really, Jump kicks, kickers in the face. Really unique. <laughs> Hamp, I would not put in there because of the people that are omitted, but I love Hamp. Dirt, I think, uh, I don't know. I would switch Dirt with Hamp and then put someone else in there. I would have put Heath in as number 10. Heath. Because because his standing is the best at the position and the Super Bowl accomplishments. He's so good, we just call every tight end Heath. (laughs) From now on. Three Super Bowl appearances. They've been doing it for Grimble now. (laughs) Even Grimble's Heath now. That's quite the compliment. Nobody's ever been more wide open than Heath Miller than as soon as he catches it, gets tackled by nine guys. Oh, yeah. and just was, absolutely you know what I really liked? Uh, I liked Mark Bruner, too. Uh, and, and he the was tow a tow truck. He's a great guy. Yeah, I really liked Mark guy. Bruner. All right, we got to take a quick break. We'll come back. More with Billy Gardell, DVE. It is the DVE Morning Show. Billy Gardell is with us here. We got uh, there's a whole bunch of us. We have uh, Randy Bauman, Bill Crawford, Val Porter, Tim Benz filling in for Mike Pursuta this morning. And it's a good list, Tim. You like that, huh? <laughs> I did. That's the kind of talk that in Pittsburgh could, that could linger until the lunch hour. I was no, just thinking about you know maybe causing some bar fights in your old Swiss Vale haunts there with that list. <laughs> yeah, you just you just sent the police down to Rocco's. <laughs> Guys are strangling each other with terrible towels. My fandom is better than yours. It's so funny when we just start arguing about who's you know the greater Steelers are. I remember one time I was playing the improv up in Pittsburgh. And uh, or down the waterfront there, and you know they got rock bottom across the the way. So mm-hmm. my crazy family's in there, and they're already tuned up. And <clears throat> I walk in after the second show, and the place is packed and it's loud. And I still hear over everything my brother screaming at a guy going, "Jack Lambert was the greatest stealer of all time." <laughs> and after I hear that, my dad comes walking by me with a beer in his hand. He looks at me and goes, you better go get him off the mound. <laughs> <laughs> you better get the bullpen up and running. Yeah, you better go get him off the mound, Bill. How about the generation gap that exists now, though, between like AB fans and Dermani Dawson fans? Yeah. Like they're... they're there are people know. out there driving around right now like, who is this guy they're talking yeah. about? Dirt. Why is he in front of AB? Who's this dirt guy? Yeah. Talking about the guy that wears Hawaiian cutoffs? What are you talking about? Damani Dawson is a legend of epic proportions. I'm not trying to minimize his contributions as a stealer. I'm just saying when you're looking at a list like that, it's tough to quantify everybody's contribution as it pertains to the stealer championship level like that should that's the ultimate goal but in terms of like upholding the expectations of great stealer i mean dirt is definitely there i just like how anytime the national crew came in for dirt dawson the first time he made a block it was dermani dawson mandatory parenthetical thought who changed the position of center just mm-hmm. like Dan Kreider, yeah. who is the best blocking fullback in football? Right. Mark Bruner, who is the best blocking tight end in football? Right. 
right. Maybe I just had that driven into my head so much. I believe it. I don't know. I was impressionable. I gotta back say, then. we've had a, a strong tradition of uh, quality centers. We didn't even mention Pouncey in that Webby, whole discussion. Yeah, Dirt Dawson, Pouncey. Yeah, Pouncey's been hurt a lot. Still, yeah. did Dirt get hurt that much? No, never. No, Wasn't he, had, he like the Iron Man? Yeah, he had no, an Iron he Man went streak. A long time, man. I think he, he had his knee blown up at one point early in a season. I have to double check that. Still but. played through it, probably. There should be another list for like. Fringe players who had biggest impact in shortest amount of time. So, like the Kendra Bell list. Yes, <laughs> exactly, Kendra Bell. But I would almost put Louis on there because I don't think he played more than four seasons. Did he? About Willie Parker. Oh, Willie. Uh, Fast Willie. Yeah, Willie was two thousand and five oh, yeah. through two thousand and seven, and then the wheels came off. Yes. Oh boy, they they literally said we're going to run you till the wheels came off. Yeah, his wheel didn't uh, fall off, but his axle broke against St. Louis in week fifteen, if I remember right. Yeah. Oh. But there there were other big contributions, big like Yeah, you Plex, can't be moderate speed, Willie Parker. <laughs> I'll never forget Plex dropping that <laughs> touchdown in the AFC championship against the Patriots. Oh, the worst. Could have halted the start of that dynasty. What hurt more, that or the one that he caught for the Giants to beat the <laughs> right. Patriots? In the you catch top. that one? Ah! The power no, went, power kicked the field goal. The, the drop hurt me. Yeah. Cower kicking the field goal after that, though, was the other one that pissed me off. Yeah. Go yeah. for it. You're there. Yep. He used to drive me crazy with that, with all the tough talk and stuff, and then he would like totally just yeah, be like... Right. Three, play the percentages. Three. And three. <laughs> yell at the punter. Oh, yeah. Take the air out of the ball with 35 minutes to go. Oh. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, there certainly is something when it comes to uh, Steeler games and Steeler uh, lore. We were talking earlier about whether or not it's okay to take kids to concerts. And then Val mentioned that she, you know, wouldn't take her dad to Steeler games. Mm-hmm. By to the, expose him to all that. Because it had just turned so... Uh, not toxic, but it's uh, uh it, gross. It's confrontational. It's uh, it's R-rated sometimes. Yes. Is that still the case in the stadium or just the parking lot? Well, can, can you transport him away from the parking yeah, lot tele- and get him into the stadium? Him in? I don't know yeah, if the effect for dad. of all of those bars down there, which is really sort of quelched tailgating to a certain extent, if that is making people walk in there less hammered than they used to be. Because know. he, you know, cost you eighty dollars a person to get as drunk as you used to get for five. That Southern Tier is expensive now, right? Might be twelve point six percent alcohol, but I, it's expensive. But I think <laughs> what happens is, is the difference is once people start spending that much money on a game experience, it becomes a very personal. I get to do whatever I want. This is my day, right? And you start to lose the ability to. Uh, have any sort of self awareness mm-hmm. or uh, yeah, that's you know, a, just uh, have consideration for the other people around you. Yeah. He's like, hey, I'm spending three hundred dollars on today. I'm gonna do what I want. I got another fringe player, by the way. Huh? No Lamar good, Woodley. <clears throat> Who? Lamar, Lamar Woodley. Woodley. He's a little more than a fringe, a, though. Oh, Woodley. That's well, nice. but I mean, that's he was nice like he had a three year period where yeah, he, so, him and James Harrison were racking up. Crazy numbers. Well, he had the his whole first contract basically. Yeah, oh seven to ten, and then he got the extension, and it was downhill and up in weight size. And then see ya. Yeah. And then he instead of losing the weight, he's just like, ah, eh, just call me a defensive end. Yeah, the fringe guy who just went out to uh, Oakland might have qualified there for part of twenty fourteen. Yeah, Mark Davis. Mark Davis. Yeah. Pot Davis. 
<laughs> I can't believe how many people still call him Martavius. <laughs> his own teammates. San Antonio. I, I think his new coach, for oh, that yeah. matter. In his opening press conference, if I remember correctly. San Antonio is another great one. <laughs> I did it. I, I'm guilty. I did Coward San did it. An, I did yeah. San Antonio a million times. I, I, I've mispronounced a lot. I'm very, I've Pittsburghed up a lot of names <laughs> Dude. over the years. How about Fumatu Mahafala? Everyone was just like, Everybody Let's got that Fu. one right. Let's I just got call that Fu. one right. Yeah, Val, I'm with you. I, did, I actually got that one right. But I, 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 San Antonio, I must have done 12 times and had you guys bust me on the radio with that. <laughs> they just nipped that in the bud with the new tackle real quick on draft day. Chukwuma Okorafor. He's Chukes. Yeah. It's just Chukes. It's Chukes. Chukes. All right, Billy, we got to get going, man. We are way over. Love you, brother, and we'll talk right, to you love soon. You guys. Have okay. a great day. All right, love Michelle's you, up next. See you guys. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.